0: Pop Culture Club podcast. And for this episode, um, as I mentioned in the intro you're about to hear, it is definitely going to be available both in the Directors Club podcast feed as well as the regular Pop Culture Club feed. Um, and you probably are saying, I thought I thought this was over. I thought there was its own show. But um, I, I feel like it's been a while since I, I, I've put together a quality bonus episode for Directors Club. And since a lot of directors come up um, throughout the course of this conversation. I thought, I thought, I figured I'd, I'd make an exception once again um, because it's warranted in this case, and I want people to hear this um, as many as possible. So uh, I know not every single Directors Club subscriber has subscribed to the Pop Culture Club feed. Uh, But I do encourage you to do so over at iTunes. Just type in Pop Culture Club and it should come up and subscribe however you listen to podcasts. Um, You are about to be treated, I think, to a very lively discussion which combines my love of both music and film. So there's a lot of talk about why I love music videos, of course. And there's definitely stories, nostalgic stories. Surprise, surprise. But... um, You're going to get an education of the highest caliber from um, the guest, and she might be one of the most knowledgeable and downright fun people I've had on the show to date. She brings up many topics and bands and videos that I hadn't seen before or heard of, so for me, it it, it felt like being in a classroom, absorbing all this new information from someone even more knowledgeable about a subject than I am, and... I think it's I think it's really special to to have those experiences in life um because there's always something to learn and you'll learn something new every day. I know it's a cliche, but hopefully this is an entertaining education for you and that you'll do some YouTube clicking and some video viewing after you listen to this conversation and my advice. Maybe take some notes, maybe annotate, maybe save the file in your hard drive for future reference in terms of the many things that Heather Drain, my guest, brings up here. And of course, I couldn't begin this uh, show without an introduction and a shout out to the podcast network that I'm currently revising the website for. I'm trying to make it look at it look even better whenever Squarespace has an even more visually or aesthetically pleasing template, I'd give, give it a go, um, and I think it's getting better. So, of course, that site is now playing networknet and you've got a wide range of discussions to dive into, including the latest from Bill Ackerman, who gets name-dropped a few times in this episode due to the fact that his podcast, Supporting Characters, is the reason Heather and I got to talking in the first place. It's a great show. I highly encourage you to subscribe to it. Um, Bill... Always does his research. He's very thorough, but he's also really engaging with his guests and he always has great guests on. So please check out his episode with Heather and all of his other great guests, as well as Movie Madness, which is back uh, on a weekly basis with Eric Childress. Um, And frequent guest now, Sergio Mims, who you've heard on Directors Club many times, or at least a few times, uh, talking about older filmmakers, and again, another geyser, someone who could be a film professor. Sergio Mims um, has been on very um, frequently with Eric, so check that out, Movie Madness. Uh, And I think his latest episode also features uh, another Patrick from, I believe it's fthismovie.net, if I'm not mistaken, And of course, Vinyl Emergency, uh, he talks with the innovative folks behind uh, the Gramavox, which is a really awesome new record player. It's very innovative. It's really interesting. You have to check it out. Even if you just see a picture of it, you're like, whoa, that's wild. Um, So yeah, Vinyl Emergency has a short but sweet episode out that just came out today. And you've probably heard by now uh, the fact that uh, the original co-host of Directors Club, Patrick Rappolle, joined me last time to talk about the uh, fascinating, controversial Spike Lee, of course, so I hope you've checked that out by now. It was an absolute blast to have Patrick back on, and it was definitely one of my favorite episodes to date, and he might have new podcast in the works as well for the network. So check out nowplayingnetwork.net as always. Now on to something uh, really special for me on a personal note... Um, because I'm pretty sure you might recall when I was living in Chicago and then in Grand Rapids, I moved with a dear friend and former roommate of mine by the name of Heather, not to be confused with the Heather Drain uh, who's guesting on this episode you're about to hear. Now, this is Heather Solace, and, well, I'm going to be getting up early in the morning to drive back to Grand Rapids for a v- an event that will definitely bring tears to my eyes. Um... Because one of my favorite people is getting married. Well, actually, two of my favorite people will be married uh, as of, what, 4.30 tomorrow night? Um, Yes, Heather and Derek really stood by me when I um, was at my most dreadful. I had shingles, some serious depression and anxiety, and even some rather bizarre... Uh, hacking into my personal information That, I don't know, that's a long story in of itself <laughs> That whole situation that occurred in Grand Rapids And when I was talking and texting with every friend I could And letting them know uh, all, all this duress I was under You know, Heather and Derek stood by me They checked in on me They were always present throughout that whole crazy chaotic period which, you know, the reason why all that happened, the, you know, and after my health took such a, a serious nosedive and a lot was uncertain at the time, uh, I had to transition back from Grand Rapids to Chicago, and the, um, the huge downside has been seeing Heather and Derek less um, after relocating, but now I get to see them together, hand-in-hand, um, Ring in ring. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but you know what it means. They're getting married! Um, and it's so exciting to see wonderful, compassionate, uh, warm, funny people, just plain charming friends of mine, to call one another man and wife. And obviously, I wish them nothing but the very best. And I'm going to be relaying all that to them in person tomorrow, but it's on my mind. Um, and I'm sure one day an entire chapter in my autobiography will be dedicated to the experience of moving to Grand Rapids. Um, and I would not have survived without the help and understanding of two amazing people, uh, two wonderful uh, friends of mine that are about to get married tomorrow. So congratulations to, to them, and I'm probably going to be sending this clip to Derek. So thank you again, Derek, for being who you are and for uh, being undoubtedly one of the best husbands, or you're about to be one of the best husbands on the planet, I have no doubt, so, um, yeah, I can't wait to celebrate this weekend, and I could not be more ecstatic right now to celebrate this latest podcast episode that you're about to hear, because like I said, you are in for a treat when you hear the immensely talented Heather Drain and I talk about our love of the music video, Yeah. I would like to point out, too, I think I confused Heather and myself, probably, by <laughs> stating, uh... I, I meant to say the Forbidden Room when I ax- when I said the Forbidden Zone. I think it was when we were talking about the residence and just, like, how uh, playful with form some early music videos seemed to be. And uh, I might have said the Forbidden Zone, and that's sort of how we got on that tangent, and then I got confused, and maybe, um... Never mind. Anyway, you'll hear it. I meant to say the Forbidden Room, <laughs> um, but yeah. So it's probably not the only time I goofed here, but nevertheless, get ready for one hell of an education on both music and film and the magic that can occur when a visionary director can marry them together. Enjoy this latest episode of Pop Culture Club with my special guest, Heather Drain. I heard you on the wireless back in 50s go! Hello everyone and welcome to the Pop Culture Club podcast. I am Jim Lazkowski and this will be a crossover episode uh, alongside Directors Club. So if you happen to subscribe to both shows, you might be getting a double dose. Um, But the reason why I decided to do that is because we are discussing a visual medium today that I hope you respect every bit as much as feature-length films to some degree or another. And today, joining me to discuss the art of the music video is a wonderful guest that I heard that I first heard on Bill Ackerman's terrific Supporting Characters podcast, which you can find over at NowPlayingNetwork.net, of course. Uh, she's a very talented writer whose work um, you definitely need to explore further over at MondoHeather.com. Welcome to the show, the one and only Heather Drain. Hello. <laughs> wow, it's quite the honor to talk with you. I'm, I, uh, You know, wh- what really sparked my enthusiasm to record this episode was j- you mentioned it very briefly during your supporting characters um, uh, appearance there about your love of music videos and how you wanted to contribute uh something uh I don't know if it's you want to just like have a showcase of music videos or if you just want to write about music videos in particular but you just you love them and when you when I heard that I got really excited to talk with you so I'm glad you're here
1: oh it's it's a pleasure to be here and um especially because it's it's a realm of, of film that is really probably I think one of the least explored I mean it's, it's really kind of like the last bastion other than maybe like flat out commercials or, you know, something like
0: that. Yeah. it sort of gets, it gets brushed aside a little bit. I think the, the resurgence of him maybe, uh, came when these DVDs were released because of the success of certain music video directors, like Spike Jones, uh, Michelle Gondry, Mark Romanic, I think, um, was it Chris Cunningham or Sean Cunningham? I can't remember. Chris
1: Cunningham.
0: Yeah, Chris Cunningham. Um, Sean Cunningham, I think, did Friday the 13th. He um, did. He did. But, he did, he did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, I remember all those coming out. And, you know, like some of me and my, you know, my, my buddies were watching these, you know, j- just going back and back, back to back to back and watching all of them and watching all these videos and kind of, Realizing the the craftsmanship, the artistry that goes into making a music video, and how seminal they are, and how you know we saw them at impressionable times when we were forming both our taste in music and film. So thanks to MTV, of course, which we're going to touch upon very shortly here. Um, but I do want to give a very quick sort of general overview. Uh, on your background, but obviously it's going to be short and sweet since I want people to check out your interview with Bill on supporting characters. Um, but I saw fairly recently that on your Twitter feed you posted a picture of one of my heroes, Lester Bangs.
1: Oh, yes. Oh.
0: And, and I, I'm not sure if I've ever stated this on the podcast, but he is the reason why I started writing reviews ever since I read his take on Astral Weeks. Um, And I'm curious, when it comes to writing uh, about the art forms that you love, I'm assuming he's an inspiration. uh, And can you name some others, too?
1: Oh, no, this is (laughs) (laughs) a question that always gets me in trouble. I don't... um, Lester is definitely, I would say, like a spiritual godhead of writing for me. I, um, I didn't discover his work until after I was writing professionally, so I can't really say that he was the one that got me to write, I mean, I've always been writing, so I, I just, you know, for me, it was more of just writing itself was just something I've just done, just yeah. kind of intuitively, but, um, I, but Lester, when I discovered it, it was almost like finding tribe. You know, when, I, when I've read, when I discovered him and his work, it was just it was it was a borderline spiritual moment, which sounds cheesy, but um, but Lester, to me, everything that a great writer should be, Lester Baines. Was and forever is just the the knowledge, the heart, um, the wit, um, but also the fluidity. I mean, because <laughs> I I would love. Actually, I just recently. Read a piece he he did about like the top five worst albums, and I it's one of the funniest (laughs) things he's ever done because he changes his mind on almost all of them midway through reviewing them. They'll be like, Oh, Dory Previn, this like sort of like the shrill bitch thinks she can sing, and then like midway he's like, Actually, this album's terrific. Like, he just like like, (laughs) (laughs) but I love that. And he'd be the first to say if he was wrong about a review, like he initially hated the MC5, but then like. You know, gave him another chance, and it was like, you know what, guys, I was wrong. This is brilliant, and um, I just, to me, you hardly ever see that then, or certainly now. I think with, with certainly music criticism, but I think just film, film culture writing in general too. So, Lester's Lester's huge for me.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. I I couldn't agree more. You know, it's 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 pretty wild to think like, I mean, he he. You mentioned his wit, and I think a lot of a lot of his opinions are are really out there like to sort of declare metal machine music as Lou Reed's greatest album. <laughs> I mean, I think he, I think he sort of said something along the lines, like that is the sound of Lou Reed's soul. And that's when, that's when you got me hooked. Um, when you, when you d- make a d- declarative statement like that, um, and, and just mean it. That's the thing. Like, he could have those out there opinions, but he meant every word. And that's, you could get that just by reading his stuff. Um, and then, of course, you know, seeing, I mean, the best part of Almost Famous is Philip Seymour Hoffman's portrayal of Lester Bangs, which, you know, I just think was r- really memorable. And um, Jim D. Regatis, a, a uh, Chicago music critic, wrote a fantastic biography on Lester Bangs. So I, I went through a whole phase of reading. Almost everything that he I I could find, Um, and you know, since you know it was around that time, I obviously read Roger Ebert and a lot of film critics, and certainly picked up some magazines too. But there was just something about about Lester, just like describing something intensely autobiographical that was going on in his life, that really appealed to me. Like it wasn't just like, "Let me tell you about why this album is so great." Let me tell you about why. this album is so great for me in this moment and that's what I love <laughs> about his writing
1: oh definitely no and the Dever Goddess book definitely anybody listening to this who's not overly familiar with Lester Bangs I would definitely pick it up I think it's called Let It Blurt. yeah which was yeah. also the name of a song that Lester recorded and um, it's a great <clears throat> that or there is a really uh, the classic compilation of Lester's works is of course Psychotic Reactions Incorporated Carburetor Dung mm-hmm um, but no, Lester, it's funny because, I mean, they're film writers. Absolutely love and adore. And, you know, and I grew up basically with the film, with film books in my hand. I mean, some of the earliest books I remember reading, you know, were film books. Um, so film writing's always been a huge part of my life. But if I had to compare, I can't compare myself to anybody because nobody can ever, realistically, we're all our own people, you know. sure. It's, uh, but... I feel like I'm actually, what I do as a film writer, and I do music and culture writer too, but I feel like in general what I do is maybe closest to Lester than than really any of the major film writers. And that's nothing intentional. It's just, I feel like in the spirit of things, you know, I'm not saying I'm anywhere as good as Lester either. I definitely want to make that clear. (laughs) You know, he's the man and, you know, but uh, but yeah, he's, yeah, he was definitely one of a kind and um, not an insincere bone. And that man's yeah,
0: body. It's exactly what I want from uh, film writing, music writing, any, any type of writing, really. When you're writing about um, an art form and what it means to you and why it's so important in your life, I think that's, that's one of the best um, sort of essays slash reviews I've ever read. But I do want to get to the subject at hand here, Heather, because there's a lot to uncover in you know maybe 90 minutes if we can get through it. Um,
1: Absolutely well, I can actually tie it together
0: Oh please do. Not, I but, can yeah do I'm this. not the expert at the segue and <laughs> if you can you know t- take it t- take it t- take control go for it
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well um, well, one of my favorite Lester Bangs pieces ever is he actually and to my knowledge it's the only film writing he did which I would have loved to, for him to do more um, and maybe he would have gone in that direction if he lived longer but um, he did a piece on Ray Dennis Steckler's incredible movie, The Incredibly Strange Creatures Who Stopped Living and Became Mixed-Up Zombies.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Which is
1: a fantastic film. Now, Steckler um, is, is not, you know, I think he's a noted figure in cult film circles. Um, he should be even more noted. Steckler was absolutely wonderful. But um, he directed a lot of Scopatones, which Scopatones are basically kind of like one of the early progenitors based kind of almost like the
0: god godfathers and godmothers of music video ah okay, okay. Yes. <clears throat>
1: and I don't know if you know
0: what a Town is um, yeah I, 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 ga- I, gar- I gathered from the uh, you sent me a very uh, inc- very thorough very <laughs> fascinating and uh, downright surreal playlist uh, you know and you titled it history of the music video and I think it starts out with some of those, correct?
1: Yeah, the first one I put in uh, put there was uh, the Jane Lansing uh, clip for Web of Love because it's right. so great, and it looks. It wouldn't surprise me if Steckler did that one. It's very. It, it looks like Steckler. I don't know if it is, but um, but a lot of those scope were so visually striking. And um, what what scope were um, for anybody who's not familiar is they were jukeboxes. Basically, like visual video jukeboxes that would be in like cafes and places like that. They first kind of came to prominence in Europe, particularly in France. And in fact, some of the earliest ones in the 50s made were for artists like Johnny Holiday and Serge Gainsbourg. Um, but then later on, like some of them start popping up in Britain and then finally in America. And um, some of the music videos that you see for like Nancy Sinatra's boots are made for walking and clips like that. uh screaming board, such as Jack the Ripper, which is an awesome clip. I highly recommend that. I'm a huge, uh, screaming word, such me. I love Nancy Sinatra too. Um, those were originally Scopatones.
0: Oh man, that's, <laughs> that's fascinating. Like the idea, I, I would love to have seen some of those back when they first appeared. Um, you know, I was looking at kind of a, kind of a list here too. Oh man, to see, a uh, Procol Harum's "A Wider Shade of Pale," which is just a song that I, I instantly associate now with that uh, Scorsese short film from um, New York Stories. But uh, it, it's funny because I just never think of what would, what you know, what music video um, would I associate with Procol Harum? I've never seen that a video for that song, um, and I think a lot of directors just went on to you know, use music so effectively in their films that I immediately associated with a scene in a movie now, as opposed to if I went back and watched in a, a, like an official video for Pro Call Harem, I might be taken aback by that. But just knowing that there was um, an outlet with these um, sort of, you know, jukeboxes, a coin a operated film jukebox is really crazy to me. That's fascinating. Um oh, oh, I, wish we'd, so cool. I wish we'd get one of those in at the thrift shop. That'd probably <laughs> be worth a pretty penny.
1: <laughs> um, I've heard that uh, there's one uh, at one of Jack White's third uh third man records locations. Yeah. Uh that's um would be would be kinda of, that'd be a cool road trip to do and, and check that out. It's almost sort of like a throwback too to like if you think about it, like the Nickelodeons of the early, early silent era. And I've always felt like that music video and silent film have a lot in common because you know when silent film at the dawn of cinema there were no boundaries because it was such a, a brand new infant medium and so it was like the wild wild west people could just do just figure it out on their own and so I mean and they especially did that in Europe but even over here it's fascinating to me to watch silent films because there's sort of an unbridledness um, before things got really set and early music video is a lot like that before it became super super codified and commercial by probably like you know, mid to late eighties. But even then you still, I mean, we still have great music video filmmakers now. We still have great filmmakers now, so it all works out. But that early era is just so wild and wooly and just completely captivating.
0: Yeah. I don't doubt that. I mean, we can sort of transition into our earliest memories with, you know, uh, watching music videos and, you know, something, something that sort of stands out for me other than seeing, Maybe even, I don't know if I saw the premiere, but I'm pretty sure I saw, you know, Michael Jackson's thriller around the time that everybody else was on MTV. And it was just, you know, an incredible moment where it was like just a mini short film uh, encapsulated into this music video. But the very first memory for me of a music video really standing out, and it's also oddly enough the first memory of me having a nightmare, (laughs) was. Uh, the video for the Cards song You Might Think from the record Heartbeat City. Yeah. And you know, I think this might even won some awards for for the t- at the time. But um for some reason, the sight of Rico Kasich's face on the body of a house fly <laughs> scared the living shit out of me. I can't even tell you why. <laughs> I I sort of like flashback to when I'm like five or six years old seeing that video for the first time and just like going, why do I find this image so disturbing when it's really silly? But I had nightmares about that fly for I don't know how long. (laughs) Um, So my first nightmares come courtesy of Rick Okasic and Freddy Krueger.
1: Oh, (laughs) a. a unlikely duo indeed um, indeed <laughs> yeah.
0: but yeah that's that's, that's that, that that video really stands out to me and it's probably like my earliest memory of like like oh my god this is something else really oh
1: yeah no that's a great the cars in general did some really interesting videos and actually i'll get to my earliest scariest music video memory here in a minute, sure. but the cars um definitely did some cool ones and actually um one of the, their video for Hello Again was directed by Andy Warhol, which I always thought was cool. Oh, that's up.
0: right. You put that in your mix, right? Yeah. I did.
1: I did. Now, it's funny. I don't think that's their best video, per se, but I think it's cool, and I just think the fact that Warhol's tied to it is really, really neat. And um, But my my personal... I was actually thinking about this earlier today. One of the earliest videos, I remember really scaring me. I mean, I loved it, because I always loved things that scared me, but at the same time, it did freak me out. was yeah. uh, for... Um, Greg, Greg Kens Jeopardy.
0: Oh, really? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because there's a scene. It's such a cool video. It's very low budget. But it works to, I mean, sometimes I think low budget effects are actually more effective Mm -hmm. as far as being disturbing than like if something looks ultra real. If something looks ultra real, you can almost divorce yourself from it a little bit and get clinical. If something looks just surreal enough to be like, what am I looking at? What the fuck? Like what's going on? Then it gets a little bit, you know, interesting and kind of gross. And there's a scene early on in the video where there's like this old couple, you know, Greg Ken's like the nervous groom. And he looks at the old couple, and they're all happy and smiling. And the, the old age makeup on them is terrible. It looks like their faces have chemical peels, which makes it even more kind of creepy. <laughs> and then the camera pans down when he goes back to look at it the second time, and there's this weird and mass, mass of flesh connecting them. And it's, like, contracting like a bladder. What? Yeah. Oh you know, I can look at yeah, it, and you know, that, that I, messed with me.
0: I remember and, handcuffs. Yeah. Remember, were they handcuffed together early? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, they were
1: handcuffed. Oh, yeah.
0: Now it's coming back to me. Yeah. It's it's like throbbing at one point, maybe. Yeah,
1: yeah, like a bladder. It's oh, it's really yeah. messed up. It's great. Th- I mean, I love it because it's messed up. But um but yeah, and that's such a that's a really cool early video. I um you know, I think that's a, I don't know. And Gregkin's great Greg, you know, more people should know about Gregkin anyways.
0: Yeah. Um and I I think the bride at one point if I recall, it turns into a skeleton. I mean, it's cheesy, yes. but it, if you look at it now, it's a little cheesy, but I think watching that, um, again, at a kind of a, an impressionable age would have an effect on you.
1: I, that weird, ma- that weird massive flesh still. I'm like, I, I don't know. It's that part alone is still kind of like, what? <laughs> Yeah, did David Cronenberg show up all of a sudden? I know, I know. Somebody, somebody had to have been a Cronenberg fan uh, in the production of that video for sure. Yeah, I would
0: have liked to have seen Weird Al do a little bit more of a parody of that video um, for his I, "I Lost on Jeopardy" parody song because I know for for that video, that's an, that's a whole other subject too. Is like just the parody um, music video as well. But that's that's something I just you know he just pretty much did it like a. Uh, an episode of Jeopardy for his music video, but it would have been interesting for him to really, like, sort of satirize um, some of the imagery from the original video. <laughs> that would have been crazy. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. That is a great video. Greg Ken does have a cameo at the end of yeah. it, which yeah. is so cute. It, um, it's because the, I believe the two people that directed that one was uh, a, a pair, actually, and I was going to mention this as people as early music video pioneers um, of the late 70s and early 80s is a duo called, uh, named Francis D'Elia and Stephen Sabian. Hmm. And, um, of course, I'm a huge fan of Stephen. I've, I, I talked about him a lot of the episode with Bill. I'm working on a book about Stephen's uh, work. He's best known for being a director who made Cafe Flash dr calgary oh right um, right yeah. and him and francis made night dreams together which i mean it's a brilliant film and um but they did that one they did uh wall of voodoo's mexican radio
0: Ooh, that's which, a good one yeah that,
1: yeah that one is it's that's uh, not there are any spoilers i know we'll get to our top 10 later but it, it may there may be some wall of voodoo on the list so we'll save that for later but uh, <laughs> but they yeah they did uh oyster cult shooting shark which is a really great surrealistic um video of course it helps i mean i'm a huge oyster cult fan and um and actually they had a, mu- a music video banned by mtv i don't know if you know this oh really yeah now mtv it's funny because um a few years ago mtv2 did a whole thing about like they spent a weekend where they played videos that had been banned MTV, but they, they didn't play anything that was banned in the 80s because I think they knew it would make them look really lame. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. uh, one of the ones they banned was Blue Colts one for Joan Crawford, which is a great, creepy song, and the video basically has, like, you know, schoolgirls cannibalizing young men.
0: Oh my god.
1: And, um, it's funny, because MTV never had a problem with schoolgirls being sexualized, as one could see in the Jake Isles band centerfold in about 800 Aerosmith video. Or Warrant. <laughs> or Warrant. <laughs> a lot, a lot. Girl School by Brittany Fox. I can't remember yeah. the a Brittany Fox reference, but there you go. It's uh, any numbers. But yet, schoolgirls cannibalizing people apparently was the... Uh, that was the kipper. So they they banned that they um, they ba- banned some ones that you just like you can look back on now and be
0: like god lame yeah this i wonder so if lame. there's a i didn't think to do that 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 might be an interesting sort of follow up discussion too is just m- music videos that were banned at the time that's uh, I, you know i'm sure there's a list out there somewhere that would be interesting to look at just to see i mean I, the one that immediately jumps to mind is uh, justify my love um, by madonna and i think that was even sold uh, in record stores because I remember like going to um, Coconut Records, yeah and seeing <laughs> like just you could buy the music video um, uncensored
1: oh god, I don't, my, uh, my local video store, Walker Corner <laughs> they had it for <laughs> rent in the music section yeah, that was a huge huge deal, and you know, good on her for actually capitalizing on that and um, and again, it's yeah. one of those ones we see it now, there were videos that were way more explicit that came out before then, but no, none of them have a name cloud of Madonna. I mean, there's like, you know, Duran Duran's video for the chauffeur, which I'm going to assume was bad. It's got nudity in it, so it definitely never aired. But it's a beautiful video. It looks like a Helmut Newton, you know, black and white thing, very moody, sort of oh, almost yeah. borderline psychosexual. That um, you know, that Helix has a Completely topless version of their video for "Gimme Gimme Good Lovin," which uh, which might be of interest to some film fans because it's got uh, Brink Stevens is one of the topless girls, as is a uh, as is Tracy Lords.
0: Oh boy, um, oh, Tracy Lords, yeah,
1: yeah. So um, and she cannot dance. Beautiful <laughs> girl, but holy shit, they they put her by the drummer for reasons. They're like, if she's topless, they'll just look at her boobs and not notice she can't dance. So, <laughs> but um. But there were, like, actually a lot of artists who early on made videos that were definitely... I don't know. It's fascinating to me because I'm like, I don't know what market... I don't because Playboy did have a music video show in the 80s. So oh, some of wow. those probably played there, but then you have videos like Skinny Puppy's Warlock, which is just nothing but gore. And, I mean, you, so that was basically circulated as a bootleg to Skinny Puppy fans. I mean, you know I mean, MTV definitely weren't going to touch it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I I think quite a few videos from Nine Schnail's broken EP were, were banned and it's like bootleg copies were circulating uh, on VHS and you know they were horrible quality but we was like oh we have to see what happiness and slavery is all about um <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah oh man that's hard to watch <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: so funny you bring that up I was just talking about the video um the other day was somebody because we were talking about Bob Flanagan, who's the uh, victim.
0: Oh, right. yeah, of yeah, that's sorts. He, that, oh god, yeah. that that documentary he made is heartbreaking.
1: Oh, oh it's so good, sick. Yeah. I did, definitely recommend it to. I mean, it's not for the faint of heart, but I mean, it's a really human story, and he's he was just he comes across so likable. It's it's a really good movie. Yeah, absolutely. But um, now I love it that we're ready to the Bob Flanagan. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. he, uh, the director. Because Nigel's have worked with some great directors. They're one of those fans who have always kind of been, you know, forward-thinking with that. And one of the guys they worked with was Peter Christopherson, a.k.a. Sleazy from Throbbing Crystal
0: Oh, and wow. And
1: And a lot of people don't realize that uh, Peter directed, I mean, he's directed music videos. He's no longer with us, sadly. But, I mean, yeah, he did stuff for Nigel's Ministry, which they're the just one fixed video, which is one of my favorite of Ministries. Oh, yeah. yeah
0: That's good. a good one.
1: Good, good stuff. But he, I mean, he even made videos for Hanson. What? (laughs) I'm serious. That
0: is so weird. Diversity,
1: body counts, you know, Ice T's band. Um, He did a really fantastic one for, well, of course he was in Quills. It makes sense that their cover of Tainted Love and the video is one of the most eerie it's beautiful but I mean it's like it's taking the, the whole thing of the song and basically making it like an AIDS parable
0: oh wow so
1: it's, ha- it's, ha- it's very heavy but I, I would recommend it highly
0: so. yeah, he did a video for an underrated band called Kay's Choice um, he did a video called Everything for Free I mean I think that that band it, that most people would know especially if you grew up around that time in the 90s is uh, not an addict oh, which, right! Yeah, yeah such would a good out. song um, but that's a yeah, that's a band that's still. I, I find I find out you know through um, uh, an Austin journalist friend of mine who's been on the show, Dan Solomon. He was like, "Oh yeah, they're still making records. They're still touring." I'm like, Ch-. "It's like some bands from the '90s you think just like sort of slowly uh, you know disappeared into oblivion. They're, they're still working today, and it's really great to see." Um, but yeah, I, I look through like a quick like YouTube. Um, that's another thing too. After just talking with you, I imagine I have to. I'm going to watch so many more music videos <laughs> that I... It's like, oh my God, that one and that one and that one. Yeah, but so, but um, yeah, you you mentioned uh, Peter, Peter christopher I can't even say his last name. <laughs> Christopherson. Peter. Yeah, Peter
1: Christopherson. Christopherson,
0: yeah. just like Chris Christopherson. That would help me. Okay. Yes. But yeah, I was just like looking through his list and just like, wow, there's just a, a, an interesting array of stuff here to oh, look yeah. at. So I'm glad you brought him up. That's great. Because... Um, you know you mentioned 9 inch nails and he did wish and uh phew. there's just yeah that that's that whole broken ep I might even just you can watch all the videos from that and just kind of don't watch them before you go to sleep cuz you will <laughs> you will have nightmares there's some imagery on, in there even just the the pinion video is mm-hmm. just oh it's just so eerie and, and bizarre and it, and it's and it sort of laid down the foundation for what uh, would become such an iconic song and video of the time, and easily my favorite music video director, Mark Romanek, for what he did with Closer. Um,
1: Oh, that's a beautiful, yeah, that's that's a really, that is a great video. And that was sort of a weird, I look back on it now, and I'm like, that's got a lot of airplay. And that is so, I didn't question it, because I was the right teenage age, I guess, to be like, oh, cool, Night of Tales, you know? But I look on it now that I'm a little older, and I'm like, shit, that is insane. <laughs> that is yeah. insane how much airplay it got. It's great, but I can't even imagine it doing as well now as it did. Well, it was then.
0: it was definitely censored, obviously, on MTV. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's, like, scene missing throughout if you, you know, watch the censored version of it. But, you know, M- M- Mark and Trent had a very interesting relationship and that they just didn't care if MTV censored it or what people thought they just wanted to make their own, uh, you know, insane artistic statement. And to the point where Trent Reznor would, would be vomiting on set a lot because he was (laughs) spinning in the air so much. And Mark Romanek is like such a perfectionist. I mean, he's, you know, his hero is Stanley Kubrick for a reason I think because he does so many takes and he wants everything to be perfect um, and just to see, you know, cause I, I recently just talked with Keith Gordon and the fact that, you know, he made this movie in 1985 called Static that I think is just a really interesting start for his career. But then to go on and do the kind of work he did as a music video director, we're going to be talking about that a little bit more, um, as we get into favorites for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, the music video medium definitely evolved and, you know, the, the the stuff you sent me early on, I, I hadn't even seen um, because it, it, it probably just, you know, boils down to the fact that I grew up with the MTV era, you know, and I never really, like, explored as much outside of that, outside of the stuff that was more accessible, um, you know, and it's, it's funny because, like, so many directors that are renowned today... Uh, I actually knew their names early on because of MTV. They always made sure to credit the director um at the beginning and the end of the uh, of the music videos. So we always were aware of the artists sort of behind the concept whether it was David Fincher, Spike Jones, Michelle Gondry, uh Jonathan Glazer, uh you know like that that's that's a guy whose films I saw and then I went back and realized, "Oh my god, he's directed some of my favorite uh Radiohead videos and stuff too."
1: right well that that's kind of the cool thing is when you start researching music videos i mean even you know like the earlier eras of how many people you know like there is there's both people that came into it as experienced filmmakers like one of my favorite videos um is for laura brannigan's self-control mm-hmm. and and yeah. i loved i loved that video before i knew who directed it but i was like this really stands out because the video to me plays almost like a giallo i mean right down to like there's a masked man, there's a black glove, there's some weird sexuality going on, there's some great like artificial lighting. And, um, it's a very provocative video for the time, I mean it's not like flat out like here's, you know, like, yeah I was gonna say titties appear, that's a Zappa song. <laughs> I love Zappa. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's more subtle, but it's, you can read enough between the lines where it's like, this is risque and that's cool. And, um, and then I found out a few years later it was William Friedkin. Oh, he directed that? He directed that. I a mean, oh. huge. I love, you know, I think most film people, most of us worship at the altar of William Freak and I mean, he's yeah. one of the best filmmakers ever. Um, Toby Hooper directed Billy Idol's uh, Dancing with Myself.
0: Wow. I had no idea about that. That's pretty but, great. Isn't that crazy? It's, it yeah. explains
1: some of the early, because there's, you know, when he's going up the building and you see different peaks into the apartments, and there's, like, a decayed couple, and there's a guy swinging an axe behind his wife, and you're like, so when you see that, and you're like, oh, it makes sense now that it's Toby.
0: <laughs> yeah. I It's funny, because that, that self-control video is so, yeah, that's, I remember at, like, one point, she's sort of walking down the street, and the, the one-way sign is, like, taking up half the frame or something. And there's just like really interesting imagery throughout that video that I rewatched it and kind of went, yeah, this is, this is really incredible stuff. And you, you mentioned the man in the mask and ugh, it gets, it gets creepier as it goes on. And that's it. Yeah. That's interesting. And it's funny. Cause like, I didn't realize um, William Friedkin directed that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's like, uh, I imagine a lot of horror directors, you know, maybe even guys like, who, d- who did some of the Elm Street movies might have you know excelled in that arena if I don't mean I haven't researched it as much but I could see a guy especially like Chuck Russell doing really good with music videos. they're just like some some directors I think about like and just went you know because they were such good visual stylists they could have brought something interesting to the table.
1: Oh definitely. Um, one that filmmaker I don't know if a lot of people realize did a lot of music video work that came into it was another guy like Freakin' Hooper who had. Already the film background um was uh, Derek Jarman, um, the British filmmaker. I'm a huge Jarman fan. I think Jubilee's one of the one of my favorite movies of all time. And, oh
0: yeah, um, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he he did some great work with fans ranging from like psychic TV to Lords of the New Church to the Pet
0: Shop Boys
1: and um
0: Ooh, Pet Shop Boys. Which one did he do for Pet Shop Boys?
1: Um I know he did more than one. The one that comes immediately to my mind is it's a sin.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and
1: you can look at that and easily be like, "Yeah, that's Jarman.
0: <laughs> right? He's like,
1: very distinctive. Um, uh, very distinctive filmmaker. Um, I think it would have been amazing if Ken Russell, because his, oh, I mean, just yeah. think about all the films he did in the '70s, all those great musical films and Lissomania and Tommy, um, and Mahler, and just Russell's, just, just I don't know, he's another genius. But I, I would have loved to see, you know, I don't, to my knowledge, he never did music videos, but he would have been. God, if somebody would have given him th- those reins, that would have been just exquisite. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, it sort of all started with a, a, A director that I'm not fond of at all, but one of my all-time favorite songs is Video Killed the Radio Star.
1: Oh, yes, yes, that's, uh, yeah, I, so, who, now, see, you get to educate me now, because I'm trying to remember who directed that video.
0: A man by the name of Russell Mulcahy.
1: Oh, I should have guessed, Mulcahy directed a lot back then. He did the whole, um, the Tubes did a whole video album. Right. Well, he directed that. Yeah. Of course, he did a lot of stuff with Duran Duran, among many others. Bonnie Tyler.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. You're
1: not a Mulcahy fan. I'm
0: not. I've never got into Highlander. I never. I know it's just it's got a huge cult following. I just found it to be ridiculous. Even when I was younger, I just I kind of shrugged it off. Um, but
1: it I is just, a ridiculous movie. I mean, I like yeah. Highlander, but yeah, I'm. Mean, let's be honest. I mean, It's not. It's a silly movie. Yeah. I mean, You've got Sean Connery. Playing a Spaniard and Christopher Lambert being Scottish? Like, that (laughs) makes any sense? Yeah, no, it's a ridiculous
0: movie. I guess the only, like, sort of soft spot I have is for... (laughs) I think I just like movies where Lithgow gets to chew scenery. Because he did this... um, Russell Mulcahy directed this movie called Ricochet with Denzel. That is really awful, but I still love it. Just because whenever you... I mean... If you've seen a De Palma movie, you know that <laughs> that Hammy John Lithgow—you can't go wrong. <laughs> so he he gets to do that in Ricochet, which is a lot of fun. Oh my god! I'll
1: have to check that out because I love John Lithgow. Of course, I mean he's great. He's one of those actors great at everything, and you know from Buckaroo Bonsai, onward. So
0: yeah, so I mean, Video K- Killed the Radio Star was the first music video that aired on MTV. Um, and it's really colorful and very eighties undoubtedly, but, um, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's very psychedelic for its time, but, uh, it's a song that really holds up even more so for me after its use in, uh, take this waltz. But I, uh, I, I go back to that video and kind of go, yeah, this is, this is a nice encapsulation of what music videos would become for that time period, um, but yeah, I just, it's, again, he's not the strongest director to start out with, but he was responsible for the first music video that aired on MTV, and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big moment.
1: <laughs> right, right. See, I am, um, you know, what, what I've always, I think even as a kid, I was always trying to, like, being, like, a, a researcher-type personality sometimes, but like, okay, what is the root of these things? Because yeah. I've never seen that video, too, and I know I would have first aired, um, but, uh, you know, but reran. ran... Uh, yeah, much years later, I think on VH1, and uh, and yeah, I'm being like, oh wow, you know that's really striking. But then, I mean, you kind of dig a little bit, and then like in the sixties, you know, we mentioned the Scopatons, but I think the Beatles. I don't know if we'd have if music videos would be like they are today without Magical Mystery Tour.
0: Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, for sure, that is just totally surreal. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I mean, and it almost is like it's almost like a, it's like a experimental film meets. I mean, if they weren't, they didn't think of them, obviously, music videos back then, but you can kind of cleanly cut some of the songs out, like, I'm the Walrus and, you know, uh, Blue Jay, uh, Blue Jay Way and do that. Of course, Kenneth Anger, and you know, Kenneth Anger's use of pop music with Surreal Imagery had a huge influence on um, music video, um... Even, like, experimental filmmakers from the 40s, like, not just, like, Anger, but, like, Maya Darren, her imagery would pop up in other music videos. Like, Mila Djibovic is, is Djibovic, and, like, now I have a problem saying it. Um, her video for her song, um, I don't want to say it's The Gentleman Who Fell. I mean, it's basically almost, like, a remake of hmm. scenes of Maya Darren's work. So, um, but, uh, but to me, like, the set, everything up to MTV is the really crazy era, because you got that, and then you have Zappa's 200 Motels, which is a really quiet music videos, but I feel like Zappa was employing effects in that movie that yeah. later on you would see in music videos. I mean, that was very, you know, that movie bomb like a big dog. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's a it's really a brilliant work um, and definitely worthy of re-evaluation Of course, yeah, bands like Devo and The Residents and Mike Nesmith.
0: God, some of those residence videos were just unreal. They were so weird. I was, <laughs> I was thinking of because um, I, I I fell in love with um, The Forbidden Zone from last oh year. Oh my
1: god, yes. I'm huge. That's so weird you mentioned that because I was watching um, some early Oingo Boingo videos um Yeah, totally. Week. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, that's yeah. The Provençal is absolutely one of the greatest films ever made.
0: I love it. <laughs> I have to watch it again now because I mean, I watched it when I was drunk and sort of passing out at a friend's house. So um, I mean, obviously, I, I adored it visually. I just I should watch it again sober, just to uh, now that I'm you know a little bit more refined and can talk about certain <laughs> things. But <laughs> at the same time, it'd just be it'd be interesting to go back and see that again. Um,
1: Oh, definitely. Well, especially because the film, that was directed by Richard Elfman, Danny's brother. Right. And I think Richard directed some of the early videos. Another director they worked with was Graham Wiffler, who directed some of the residents' videos. Mm -hmm. Like, he did the one-minute movies, and um, he did another one that I'll save, um, because it's on my top ten list. But um, Graham worked with Sparks. He's done some great work with Sparks. He's probably best known to film fans as um, he... He wrote the script for Sunny Boy, the David Carradine film, and he wrote and directed uh, Doctor Giggles.
0: Ah, yes, of course. Yeah, I know you. You, you mentioned that um, in the supporting characters episode you did, but that's yeah, that's. <laughs> I think most people know Doctor Giggles, but um, you know, I think I think at the time. One one thing that really s- still stands out to me uh, from 80s music videos is just the playfulness, the sense of humor. Um, you know, even an artist like Paul Simon, he <laughs> became even more, um, you know, no- notable just as a result of having a celebrity like Chevy Chase in his music video for You Can Call Me Al. And it was something that, like, you know, even my dad because you know he wasn't watching MTV with me but if that video came on he was laughing and you know thought it was a great concept and you know it went on to win awards and things like that but I, I just think of like even some novelty rap videos there's just there's just so much going on uh, in the 80s because everybody started to embrace this art form and realize it wasn't just a marketing gimmick or a way to sell records but um, a way to express yourself in very different ways
1: yeah the interesting like roller coaster i think life of music videos as a format because it originally started as well i mean if you're going to go super old school i mean technically there were ones called soundies when sound first came out in the late 20s early 30s that were little musical clips to show the uh, advent of sound but um but you know that and the scope of times were definitely promotional um but then like very quickly you had people kind of Cohen, like I mean, the Beatles definitely weren't thinking commercial terms with Magical Mystery for Zappa <laughs> certainly not. Um, the Residents and Devo, and even like um, you know, Mike Nesmith actually is one of considered to be one of the Godfathers of uh, music. Video. A lot of people just know him for the monkeys, but Nesmith right. did a, a thing called Elephant Parts, like a film and it's music videos and comedy skits together. But I mean, he did this in the mid seventies, you know. And um, you had other artists like David Boy who did clips too. Um, a lot of your forward-thinking artists, I think, were already kind of looking at merging those worlds. Like, boy definitely want Todd Rundgren. Um, oh,
0: yeah. But, yeah. yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah, and I love Todd Rundgren. But, uh, Me, too. Me, too. Yeah, it's, uh, so, um, so, it's interesting that then, within TV, and then when music videos really started becoming, like, a big deal... You, you had kind of these two worlds colliding because then, you you know, you have people that are immediately seeing dollar signs like this is, you know, it's a commercial format, which I, I think is part of the reason why music videos don't get the respect they do is I think a lot of a lot of high minded critic, critical types of voices just viewed it like they were tantamount to commercials and therefore have no artistic value. But I think anybody with eyes and ears and at least halfway of an open mind, you know, you see guys whether it's from the beginning, like you know, the Beatles up into you know, like guys, yeah, like Romanek and Spike Jones and Jonas Ackerman, and you realize, well, no, there's still viable art to be made.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, you know, mentioning elephant parts, what popped into my head. I mean, obviously, it's it's later on, but what David Byrne did with True Stories is that's that's one of my favorite movies because of how like it's this bizarre sort of patchwork of different tales, and yet there's and some of their best songs in there and you know you got like a guy like John Goodman singing along um and you know i think um even <laughs> something you know, if if we were to do a whole episode probably on uh, you know concert videos and just you know concert films stop making sense is just one of the greatest things ever <laughs> and it's influence on cuz you know i mean a lot of music videos take away all the you know artistry and surrealism a lot of them really are performance based um i think of what mark uh romantic did with uh, lenny kravitz's are you going to go my way and it's very straightforward it's just the band playing in like this sort of underground arena or something and it's so straightforward but it's so at the same time very dazzling visually uh, but yeah, I just think you know th- something happened in in the early to mid '80s too, where they sort of just found the right rhythm and just the the right way to um, make music videos into short stories sometimes too. Not just like let's have a band play and uh, do a you know a whole music number play along to a song, vid- you know via video playback, but they. A guy like David Byrne really took the idea of the music video and sort of made his own movie out of it, which I think is fascinating.
1: Oh, absolutely! No, I I love David Byrne and and Talking Heads in general. And yeah, he was. I mean, he's a great example, and they're a great example of, you know, I think a lot of bands like that that were more on the arty side saw it as an opportunity to kind of make it an extension. Yeah. Of the creative process and um, and weren't quite as cynical about it. I think there's some artists that probably got very cynical about it fast, and and, and not without some good reason. In a lot of cases, I'm sure, but um, but yeah, I mean, you know, to me, in music videos, the beauty is like if you can make something compelling and for unforgettable in three minutes, what three to four minutes, yeah, you know, what a powerful thing, what a gift. I mean, we all have music videos we grew up watching that we'll never forget. Sometimes sometimes in a bad ways, because, God, MTV, I mean, there's a lot of people that have nostalgia for MTV, but um, I was a Lashkey kid, so I watched a lot of MTV. So sure, I yeah, me up, too. And they, they played the same friggin' videos. They were as bad as radio. It's like, if I, I, I never want to see a Whitney Houston video again Ugh. in my life. I'm sorry she's dead, and she had, yes, I mean, I, I wouldn't be a fan of her music anyways, it's not my style, but yeah, she had a great voice, I have nothing against her, but... Like, my God, how often did we need to see her, Rick Ashley, you know, Michael Jackson? And Jackson had, like, some of the best directors work for him. I mean, he definitely... I mean, when people think iconic videos, they're going to think... A lot of them are going to think Michael Jackson, whether it's Thriller... Of course. ...or Bad, or, you know, Smooth Criminal. Um, But, uh, you know, it's... uh, Which, honestly, my favorite Michael Jackson video would be the Weird Al parody of Bad, which is (laughs) bad. Or Eat It. Actually, Eat It's a little funnier, but <laughs> the are But hilarious. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they TV, you know, because I, I, I remember we tried, I'd watch hours of it to try and catch something different. And it was like, every once in a while, they'd throw you a bone. It's like, oh my god, Susie and the Banshees. But then it'd be like, oh, great, more Bon Jovi,
0: thanks. Right, Bon Jovi, or (laughs) Katrina and the Waves, or... Well, I mean, I I remember seeing Kokomo way too much. Oh, my
1: God. And it's
0: one of my least favorite songs ever as a result, too.
1: Oh, as it should be. What an abomination. It's like, (laughs) if Satan exists, Kokomo is playing in one of the levels of hell. It is an abomination of just everything good in this world.
0: And I know David Lee Roth is a great frontman, but uh i don't know man like some of van halen's videos just really rub me the wrong way um you know (laughs) you're just a gigolo and well i think that might have been him solo that was him solo yeah yeah yeah. but i just there's some stuff from that era that really just irks me and even i i don't know i find that right now video really pretentious (laughs) and ridiculous and stupid
1: well, it, it adapted itself very easily to a Pepsi Cola commercial, and I think that is <laughs> yeah. all you need to say about that. Now, the Van Hagar era is, uh, I'm not a fan of. Yeah. Um, I am, I will not deny ever my being, I love David Lee Roth. and Sure, but yeah, the video "Jump" honestly is one of the weakest songs ever. And that video was played too much. But I will say, I have some mad love for Panama, and I will never.
0: Okay. No, I, I,
1: I, I, love, I, I love me some Panama. I can I can
0: get behind a few Van Halens, <laughs> and that would be that would definitely be one of them. But I mean, you even when like you think back to that to that era, there, there was we had we had so much hair metal, we had so much um, bad music of at that time. Um, you know, and a, a lot of the videos reflected that when you think of like the Scorpions doing Rock You Like a Hurricane, and they're like, you know, their guitars are trying to almost emulate like a 3D effect, like throwing it in, into the camera lens practically. Uh, and, you know, even the, their song Wind of Change is really silly and pretentious. Um, I think the only like sort of crossover that actually worked for me was this band called Extreme. And I mean, people can sort of laugh at it now. Uh, but I don't know. I have a soft spot for the more than words video being so stripped down and simple, where it's just like this this hair metal band doing a ballad, and you know the and the cameras just pretty much following them the whole time in like almost like a rehearsal space. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's something simple about that approach that actually still works for me, even though I can see people rolling their eyes at that song, and that's totally I would I would not deny them that at all. <laughs>
1: right no no i i can respect that i am um, i i'm not i i see what you're saying and no uh, the black the black and white is exquisitely shot in that yeah i will say that i am um, i can't i can't with that
0: song <laughs> i know that's, that's totally fine no totally fine there's so many ballads of that era that i just oh my god i can't believe i owned the k- single for to be with you by mr big you know? Uh, oh
1: my God! Like why?
0: <laughs> I think did I just get it just to impress a girl in junior high school? I don't know. Um, But yeah, that's we,
1: that's, we all have skeletons in our closet.
0: It's we, okay. We sure do, <laughs> we sure do. I mean, I think I almost like MTV might have done some brainwashing. Um, you see something over and over and over again. After a while, it's like it invades you, and well, you know, it's like you become one of them. Uh and I mean, you know, <laughs> God, I'm sorry. no that's okay. I just I just really think of that as, as being a strong case when some when you mention overplayed music videos of like yeah, I just saw this again, you know what? Uh it's starting to grow on me. <laughs> uh
1: God, See, I think for me it was almost a reverse yeah. thing where I mean to this day if I if I hear or see a clip, I actually recently yeah i heard like heard and saw the video for jefferson starship sarah which actually ironically was directed apparently by francis D'Alia. i don't know i don't think Sadie had anything to do with it um it definitely doesn't look anything like he did so i'm gonna assume not but it's it's a well-made video but that song is so was so overplayed and that song just oh it makes me violent like i just hear it they're just for me it's like that. Like if I hear move like Firehouse, I'm like, Oh god, no. <laughs> oh, like, oh my god,
0: Firehouse.
1: Because there were metal bands I was aware of but I'm like, I would rather see this band you know, I mean like Hanoi Rocks hardly never got any airplay. And Hanoi Rocks were better than ninety percent of the you know, the stuff they were playing. Um there were good metal bands that didn't helix didn't get a lot of play and helix were definitely better. Right,
0: um, right, yeah. Than
1: a lot of those bands. But um the fact that you know, without a TV, there'd be no Bon Jovi. Let's face it, if Bon Jovi looked like a member of Helix, they also wouldn't have been <laughs> as big. I, like, I say that with, I love Helix, like, very much. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll t- explore
0: them a little bit more because um I do have, like, a long road trip coming up this weekend because I'm driving to Grand Rapids for a wedding, and I'm like, I want to get some adrenalizing metal again because... Uh, uh, a friend of mine on Facebook was talking about Metallica and I was like, you know what? I I haven't listened to some Metallica in a long time and you know, I, he was bringing up the post black album era and I'm like, I don't know if I can get behind that stuff anymore. Like I th- might have even given it like a minor pass back in the day just because I wanted to, you know, re- maintain some loyalty for for this band, but I don't know how I'm going to feel about it now.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's funny. I I I actually have a lot of exposure to both eras of Metallica because my mother is a was and is a huge Metallica fan? Like she has nice. boot, she has bootlegs. Like she is hardcore. Now this is pre Napster, so Lars don't see my mother. She's,
0: she's bought all. The <laughs> oh, official I know he's stuff. listening. He's always yeah. Listening.
1: I'm sure he's listening. She's bought all official product. Okay, she's giving her money. She's she gave all of the office. But <laughs> um actually, as a teenager, as a quick aside, I remember her actually like going to my room and knocking on the door real loud and yelling at me because I was playing a Martin Denny album because <laughs> I've I, uh, I love I've always loved Martin Denny and uh, and I was a teenager and sure. she's telling me to turn that elevator music down <laughs> she was trying to listen to not Metallica actually but Suicidal Tendencies oh so, my god my my childhood was a lot of Freaky Friday and like, <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> it your mom was hip
0: man she's very cool yeah she's, cool, she's
1: way cooler than I am
0: <laughs> oh well she's when I was a kid, believe it or not, my first forty fives, and you're gonna you're gonna figure out a way to um, slap me over Skype, but um, were O'Sherry oh, by Steve Perry and "Sarah" by Starship, and oh, the no. and the reason why I don't know why, like as a kid oh. o- owning owning this forty five because it was like purple or blue. I, I think it was purple or blue, and I was like, oh, that's that's cool. Because <laughs> I don't, I hadn't seen a forty-five of a different color before, and it's like oh, I'm gonna get this because it's it's a different color. Um, and then of course, you know, I, I have there's a girl next door, literally that was named Sarah. So Aww. I'm like, I know it just gets worse. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I would never listen to the I, ne- I would never listen to those songs again now. But back then, I was like, man, how how can a six-year-old be a sappy romantic already? That's just that's just wild to think about.
1: <laughs> that's really sweet though I mean that's, I think that's that's. you were six too I mean that's, that's okay I mean at six I was actually my mother had Panama as a 45 and I would I, I learned very like at a very young age how to operate like the turntable or later on the VCR you know very like savvy with that stuff and because I wanted to be in control of it and uh, I would put on the forty five for Panama and just like run around the house to it. Oh, well, nothing wrong I with know, that. I, I didn't know how to
0: dance, I still don't. <laughs> so. Well I still don't know how to dance.
1: No. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's yeah that constitutes uh dancing for me is just like running around my room like I don't know Macaulay Colkin and home alone or something, just screaming and <laughs> Yeah. You know, we should get to the list
1: Oh, dun, dun, dun. I know. Like, we need I'm, like a theremin
0: or something to intro us for this. <laughs> I'll, I'll find something great. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> because um, there's there's so much to get to. I mean, I have a huge list of runners up as well. But um, you know, a- and after we go through our list, we're going to briefly talk about. I don't know if anybody's heard of. Beyonce, before. I know she's kind of like this underground artist. Who is this Beyonce you speak of? Uh, yeah, she, not a lot of people are, are talking about her at all. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I feel like we should give her some attention here since we are talking pop culture. Uh, But she uh, put out a record called Limeade, I mean uh, Lemonade, and I think um, it's probably because I do like Limeade just a little bit more than Lemonade, but uh, I'm very curious to know your thoughts because it essentially is a visual album as she released it, and so we'll talk about that after we talk about our favorite music videos, Um, and as most people know, I love nostalgia, I love lists, Can't Help Myself. And at the same time, a lot of, I mean, ranking them, I don't know, it's arbitrary, because I think, as I'm watching some of these videos, I'm like, no, this one's actually my favorite. No, this one's my favorite. But um, I'm going to start out here with number 10.
1: Okay.
0: And that would be Karma Police by Jonathan Glazer, which, again, I hadn't realized, I think it might have even been after Under the Skin, that I sort of went back and, and saw, oh, he did Rabbit in the Headlights by Uncle. Uh And just some very interesting videos that stuck with me, but this one in particular i don't it's hard to like choose a favorite radiohead video because they made so many amazing ones like yeah. i I have a soft spot for just especially with the way it ends um but yeah, this is like a creepy like revenge short film in which a car slowly follows a man running down this desolate road. Only to sort of have the tables turned against him, thanks to a like gasoline leak and uh Glazer went on record to say that this this whole video was inspired by a, a nightmare that he had that actually you know he woke up in a sweat from it um, so you know both tom Tom York and the rest of the band thought it was just great to sort of uh, capture kind of like a a one take really interesting use of point of view. Uh, it sort of implicates the spectator in the video's action, and it's very spooky and interesting, and a great compliment to one of the, my favorite Radiohead songs. So, Karma Police uh, is number 10 for me, by Jonathan Glazer.
1: That's, no, that's a great one. That's, um, I need to revisit that. I, haven't, I realize I haven't seen that one in a few years, but yeah, I remember thinking it was quite striking. Yeah, Radiohead's a cool band. They're definitely uh, like kind of on that list of forward-thinking bands I think that have used the medium uh, very well. Um And speaking of which, my number 10 is um, Soak It Up by Barnes and Barnes. Um, And it was directed by Rocky Shank, who uh, has done a lot of great music videos, um, including uh, he did two for Cramps, which the Cramps are another one of my all-time favorite bands. But with uh, Barnes and Barnes, now most people know them
0: for Fish Heads, which was played a lot on Dr. DeMeno. Yeah. Sure. What wasn't was Bill Paxton in this video if I recall? Yes, <gasps> yeah.
1: He he's in it and directed it. A very young Bill Paxton. Oh, in fact wow. Paxton is, he also stars in Soak It Up. He didn't direct it, but he's the the male lead in it. He's right. actually in most of their videos uh, and um, more in a cameo setting with some of the others, but it's always fun to play past and Paxton <laughs> with Barnes and Barnes and uh, Barnes and Barnes I think are like a lot of bands who got labeled novelty or a lot of artists are really underrated. They have a really good diverse body of work. Some of it's funny, some of it's genuinely sad and weird and dark and they're just a cool band and Soak It Up has a lot of great like superposition and colors and um, it's just a beautifully, beautifully made video. It's, it's total eye candy, and um, it's a great song, and uh, and it's got a it's got a haunted castle in it. So um, and sponge people,
0: what more do you? Think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's very apropos that you say eye candy because I, I think I remember eyeballs superimposed uh, at one point. That was just like really, really weird. Like I, there's some oh, imagery. Yeah. yeah, there's some imagery in this video that's that still stands out. Um, that's a great choice. I, I I need to go back and rewatch that one too. That's I, I've, I've I I've a vivid memory of just some of the images of that video. Um yeah, wow. Uh speaking of memorable and also I don't know how this might be the first of three Mark Romantic videos on my <laughs> list. That shows how a huge of a fan of his that I am. Number nine is Criminal by Fiona Apple, which you know, that's it was it was an interesting time. I think I also think of this in in context with uh, people really getting up in arms about maybe Victoria's Secret ads or just ads that were very provocative in showing younger kids, you know, in, pro- in very provocative poses. And I think um, I think Mark Romanic really tried to capture. Just this really sinister, creepy vibe, and I—I I, owned this record and I listened to this song, um, and I just—I could not think of a better visual complement to this song than what he did with this video and what she did, and just some of the just just there's some I'm surprised a lot of this wasn't censored, but just I think it's very suggestive. I think it's one of those videos that it, it plays even creepier in your head when you start thinking about the images. Um, And, you know, it's a creepy song. (laughs) So, I don't know. There's something about it. And, you know, later on, you know even a great director like Paul Thomas Anderson, of course, you know, take a drink, everybody, every time I mention how much I love Paul Thomas Anderson. But, (laughs) you know, he did some interesting work with Fiona Apple with the uh, Across the Universe video and um, another one called Fast As You Can, which is really just Paul Thomas Anderson saying, hey, look at my, my girlfriend's face. Isn't it amazing? But criminal is it was it was it was a controversial video at this time um and it really made um a, a, a remarkable impression on me and i still think it's got some interesting imagery almost like uh, surveillance cameras looking in on in a very voyeuristic fashion so i i have, always have a thing for surveillance and voyeurism in music videos too so this captures it the best in my opinion
1: Oh, no, that's a, that's a great choice. No, you're right. It is definitely, like, symptomatic of that era where you had like, those Calvin Klein ads that everybody... Yeah, Calvin playing. Klein.
0: That's what I was thinking of.
1: Yeah, and, um... Yeah, that video has, like... It, it makes me think of, a uh, Flesh World.
0: Ooh. In Twin Peaks. There's yeah. a movie,
1: Kind of a flesh where... Flesh World, I would say, aesthetic to the wood paneling and just where it's, like, something sexy's happening, but it's probably gonna turn into a snuff film. You know? Like, it's, <laughs> it's not... It's not healthy. It is not healthy and. Yeah, he captured that terrifically. That's a good, that's a very good choice.
0: Great. What's your number nine?
1: Number nine, and this is what I should have put on that playlist I sent you, so, um, but, uh, it's, it hit me, I'm like, oh my god, this is one of, in my opinion, one of the best videos ever, and it's one of my favorites, is When the Lady Smiles by Golden Earring. Ooh, I don't think
0: I've seen this one.
1: Hmm. A lot of okay.
0: Americans, I
1: don't think it got the best amount of airplay. Most, most Americans know, we probably know Golden Earring more for like Radar Love and then in the music video era for Twilight Zone, which is a great song and video, by the way. Mm. But um, And that video, if I did like a top 50 list, Twilight Zone would be on the top 50 easily. But um, since this is top 10, <laughs> I picked the best of the best. And When the Lady Smiles um, is a great... Dark video where you basically have Barry Hay, the lead singer, playing a guy who's basically a a serial rapist, and he keeps attacking women. But when he attacks them, it flashes to him like in this almost like heavenly scene with this beautiful redheaded woman, and you realize this man—he's doing these atrocities, but in his head, like it's like it's something beautiful, and that's so messed up. And he attacks a nun. The first woman he attacks is nun. So you basically have nun nun rape. Now the American version they cut some of those to make it seem a little less, but uh, but thanks to YouTube we have the full uncut version. As a lot of Dutch people got to see in the eighties because um, they are more, more progressive, I guess, than we were over here. But um, but then he gets like lobotomized, and it's in front of an audience, which is kind of like holy crap. Golden Earring for three videos because Twilight Zone has like a the whole theme of an audience seeing something kind of wrong. That almost feels like a reference to Buñuel's uh, Discord. Ah, discreet charm of the bourgeoisie. There we go. I know um, that's tricky.
0: That's a mouthful.
1: It is a mouthful. And also the video for Clear Night, uh, Clear Clear Night Moonlight, where at the end you know a bunch of guys get gunned down, and the little boy's watching and eating a sandwich. So you have like these three videos that have these dark themes of people seeing things they shouldn't as an audience. Mm. Uh, which is really, really cool. And um, When the Lady Smiles has a really great dark twist ending, which I won't reveal since a lot of people probably haven't seen it, and it's easily found on YouTube. So go check it out.
0: <laughs> I, this this looks fantastic. I can't wait to watch it with uh, the song as well. So um, one that you included on your playlist that I was very happy to see is actually my favorite Devo song, and that's Beautiful World.
1: Yes. Um-
0: so good. <laughs> the ah, it's just the irony and beauty of being alive, but also uh, being fully aware of the hypocrisies and contradictions. And I think, um, I think Mother's Bow. He he said that the band was really inspired with this for this video by an anthropologist. I I don't have the name of the anthropologist, but this anthropologist like his theory was that. Homo sapiens wiped out the Neanderthal man by eating them all. Like that was was (laughs) his interpretation of what happened. And so we've descended from this inane brain that ate the species of ape and somehow created religion and science to justify the shame of being unnatural. (laughs) And I just like that jumped out to me. Uh, immediately, and in, in just like, wow, that's one hell of an inspiration. Because, you know, D.Va D- 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 obviously have a quirky sense of humor and, you know, it's really striking imagery. And then it gets darker and darker as it goes on, where, you know, you have a song called Beautiful World and you just sort of go, you, t- you can take the Louis Armstrong approach and just like, oh, what a wonderful world and see all the amazing things. But then they sort of subvert that uh, visually in this video as it goes on. Then I, I adore it. I adore it so much
1: that oh that is a perfect choice now i mean that video and i mean that really because um jerry casale yeah who's in devo is one of the right. kind of members he directed that video and um he pretty much directed most of their videos after 1980 um hmm. a guy named chuck statler uh did uh basically what was jocko homo Uh, in a a film called Beginning Was the End and um, Statler did like the real early stuff like that and Satisfaction and and Chuck Statler's a great great early music video director he also did Jake Isle's band's Love Stink as the quick aside (laughs) which is a funny a funny video wow but um, Devo definitely I think you know you you cannot talk music videos without talking about Devo and Beautiful World is probably for my money the best example of that because it's it is funny and cynical and heartbreaking um and I think that's what De Evolution's all about. I think yeah. they nailed their message absolutely supremely in that video. And um Casali, this is before the internet and before things were successful. He went through like I think he said I maybe mean, he went through two days like working probably twelve to like fourteen hours pouring through old public domain film. Man. To assemble that collage. And um bless him for it because it's um it's still a very effective piece.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting to see you know that collage sort of strung together like that after having rewatched like maybe two weeks ago, uh, bamboozled and you know, what Spike Lee did at the end of that film. It's sort of interesting. It's just that it's sort of like oh yeah, I rewatched this uh, Devo video and then thought of uh, bamboozled again and how the uh, you know just the final sequence in that film really is striking too. Um, so yeah, let's go with your number eight.
1: Number eight is this may be a surprise. To, to you or maybe to any any of our listeners here, but I I think it's terrific and I am a fan of this artist. Uh, is Rainbow in the Dark by Dio?
0: <gasps> Ooh, that's a good choice.
1: Thank you, and yeah. I, that's one I think I should have put on the list too. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> but um, but Rainbow in the Dark is to me it captures that era of London. That late hmm. 70s, early 80s era where you have, like, serial killers like the Wests, which everybody knows serial killer and true crime. The Wests are one of the worst, in my opinion, one of the worst serial killers um, to have emerged in modern times. Like, this couple that killed and raped a lot of people, including some of the kids. They, it's Ugh. nasty, nasty, nasty stuff. And you know and you have like this man like this you know cause it's funny cause it's a it's such a cool weird song anyways I, I I like Dio he was great and um but you know you have these great inner shots where this man's kind of obviously sort of stalking this young girl and he's looking in like a department store window and he sees lingerie and all this sexy advertising and then there's like quick intercuts of meat Oof. and Like, I mean that's such a bold and ballsy move and I love it cause it's just it seems just everything just feels so dodgy and um and it's it's really cool. It captures that sort of creepy vibe. Now don't worry, you know, faint of faint of heart listeners, the young damsel is saved by a young Vivian Campbell, who went on to be a deaf leopard. But um, huh. but you know, not not everybody's as lucky to have Vivian Campbell conveniently lurking in a doorway to jump out and play guitar at uh, potential killers. But um but it's a great I think it's a great video and very effective and definitely especially when you do think how cheesy a lot of metal videos got. Sure. That one was really stark. Of course, Dio was a little more interesting. He did, um, Don Coscarelli did the video for Last in Line. Oh, really? Who, yeah, which I actually know thanks to your frequent guest, Bill Ackerman. Bill's nice. Because like so, um, I didn't know that, but I, know, I was you? like, that makes sense, and I love Don Coscarelli, as I'm sure a lot uh, of Well, team. yeah. Yeah. You, you, you <laughs> grow
0: up seeing Phantasm on cable, you immediately start to follow this guy's career.
1: Oh yeah. Reggie. <laughs> Reggie.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, and I guess there's a n is there a new Phantasm coming? Soon? Yeah,
1: there's a trailer. There is a trailer and it looks amazing. Uh, I think it's Oblivion, Phantasm Oblivion. I'm excited about it because I'm a I'm a nerd and I love I have love for all of the Phantasm films. some are weaker than others. Of but, course. um but it's Coscarelli, Bannister. You know, and basically yeah, Michael, Angus Scrimm's last film. I mean it's, it, they yeah. got maybe got the blonde from the first film, the the lady in the in the graveyard. So this is I don't know. Um uh, not to be a nerd, but um uh, I'm psyched. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm psyched <laughs> for Halloween in general, this year, because i'm I'm totally going to binge on the phantasm movies i I like to just pick up you know a series and sort of revisit them. I think maybe last year I did Final Destination, which you know hits and misses, mostly misses, but um I, I can't wait to just sort of binge on the phantasm series and if the, if the new one comes out um, time this year I'll be so ecstatic i can't wait even i don't think I don't think Coscarelli is doing it. He just produced it uh, a director by the name of David Hartman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's doing the, the latest Phantasm movie, but still, oh,
1: is he? Yeah. Okay, I and mean, it's and it's ra- it's Ravager, Ravager. Oblivion yeah. was number four, so I got my, my My Phantasms mixed up a little bit, but uh, once you get once movies get past number four, I think that's just going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's just natural. But uh, but what is your number seven?
0: Yeah, um, Hounds of Love, Kate Bush. Oh
1: yeah, she's
0: one of my favorites, and uh, you know. This is like a, a... It's it's like this interesting homage to... I mean, when I first uh, rewatched it, I was like, I immediately thought of Brazil or, you know, like just kind of this really interesting film noir quality to it. And it sort of does the escape chase for love better than... Um, the adjustment bureau did fairly recently, like where they're running through doors and trying to run away from all these guys in suits and hats and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was like an interesting parallel when I was watching the video coming off like I immediately thought of the adjustment bureau for some reason, but um I just think it's it, it complements the song beautifully and she's one of my all time favorites and it's it's a fascinating video. I love it. I mean it's 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 just kind of like unabashedly romantic, but also kind of dark and interesting and just like I said, pays homage to different genres uh, of the past. So, thumbs up.
1: Oh yes, sir. I love. I love Kate Bush. That um, she's one. I think. I mean, all of her music videos are really worth seeking out, just because she. Mm-hmm. is always very. Um, just such a, an artist who always was mindful of the visual aspect to, to merge with the sonic aspect and, um, and, and for film lovers I mean because you know, Hounds of Love opens up with that sample from uh, Jacques Tourneau's Is it Tournier's Night of the Demon?
0: Yeah, okay mm-hmm.
1: So um, so there's that and um, of course in Hounds of Love on the album there's a, a section of, uh, that's sampled from um, the, uh, the soundtrack from Herzog and Ross Frost
0: Correct, right
1: um, so it's, uh, by, uh, yeah, so it's, she's, yeah, she is phenomenal. I love Kate Rose. She's one of the few people who have made a music video that actually I can't watch because it makes me cry. And I'm not a weeper with most things, but it's, it's too much. Do you want to take a guess? Okay.
0: Hmm. Well, I mean, r- running up that hill is, I don't know if that video was super sad, if I recall.
1: No, it's, it's, it's haunting. It's, it's great. Yeah. But, you know, uh, do you, you want me to tell you? Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> it's, this, it's this woman's work.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, my God.
1: Forget it. It wrecks me. And it doesn't I help really that, like, that, the guy... Yeah. Oh, my God. The guy playing her husband was on... Um, uh, oh, God, Black Adder. And I can I'm blanking on his name, but yeah, it's the actor of Black Adder and I'm like, oh no, he's he's messed up and I'm messed up and she's oh. there's death and it's I mean it's 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 so well done. It's, it's so well done. But yes, I am hundred percent on Kate Bruce Love Training.
0: Yeah, <laughs> how can you not be? Whew. That's yeah, I just I, I, I really respond to that video. And I, you know, yeah, I wonder if there's um yeah, there should be just like a collection of her of her work somewhere. If there isn't already, just like uh, you know, just like how I've been mentioning, a lot of artists, including someone like Madonna, would release compilations of just their music video work because it was so uh, revered and, and astonishing for its time.
1: yeah, there' definitely needs to be something in print um, yeah, there was a video comp for her, um, that mirrored her her compilation album, the whole story. That's actually how I discovered Kate Bush as a video artist oh. I don't, the only video I ever remember seeing played. Um On TV was I think I saw The Central World On VH1 And I think that was it I did not get to see Any of her stuff So I found the whole Uh The whole story On VHS Um And The Red Shoes She released Um You know Uh yeah. a, The line Of what It's like um the, the The line The cross And the curve I think it's called It's basically Sort of like a Pseudo video album Almost or like a short film Based on several songs From the Red Sh- Uh Her Red Shoes album Um so she you know she's definitely one of those artists who took advantage of it, which is why it's ridiculous that none of this is i mean at least not in the u.s i don't know if if there's anything released in the uk but um that there's nothing i mean if any artist needs a blu-ray dvd beautiful release it is kate
0: bush absolutely (laughs) yeah i want to look into that for sure okay what would be your choice for number seven
1: Well, number seven, speaking of moody, uh, this is uh, one of my favorite artists, and um, actually a band I got really lucky and got to interview uh, back when I was writing for Dangerous Minds last year, and that is the, it's Gleaming Spires with uh, their song, How to Get Girls Through Hypnotism.
0: Ooh, I don't know if I know this one. How to Get Girls Through Hypnotism. Okay.
1: It's, um, it's fantastic. Now, the the Gleaming Spires uh, did a handful of videos, and... They're a band that are best known uh, for their song "Are You Ready for Sex, Girls?" which was used in *Revenge of Avenger, uh, the Nerds*. And
0: oh, right. Okay. The, yeah. The
1: sad thing is that song is a, is was kind of like a parody of dumb, like dumb rock songs about getting laid and all that. And um, but I think a lot of people didn't realize the humor. And actually, if you see the video that they made for it, you'll totally realize the humor because the whole video is literally the main core of the Spires, which is less than him um and david kendrick who went on to be in devo and Les is now a big screenwriter and who's worked with like spielberg and guys like that but whoa yeah yeah it's um a really nice guy um and they were a great interview but um but yeah the whole video is then making pie it's literally then making a pie from scratch and having coffee that's it there's no sex girls there's no girls at all just two dudes make it a just is great but um how to get (laughs) girls through hypnotism um is my favorite because it's very it's very simple but it's a great example like if you have like a good enough vision you don't need a big budget because it's you know it's i mean everything's just like on very simple sets and there's some great use of lighting and composition and it's effective as hell it's um it's really good and just is is um it captures the mood of the song just a sort of a you know loneliness, an intense loneliness, and, and sort of um, emotional torture, which sounds overly dramatic, but um, very well. And um, and at the end, Les willingly uh, got his head shaved for it. So um, holy cow. he let his drummer shave his head. I don't know many uh, singers <laughs> who would let that happen.
0: <laughs> That's so, impressive.
1: It is impressive, and uh, I definitely recommend everything that they did. They were very great, and incredibly. Great.
0: because like when you start you mentioned (laughs) um, a music video with uh, just guys making a pie uh, I thought of the movie Waitress for some reason because that's all, oh God. <laughs> it's all based around making pies. <laughs> it's
1: different. It's, it's a little different. I'm sure it is very I different.
0: It. <laughs> <laughs> it's just strange, like, the things that pop in your head when you think of, oh, somebody's making a bunch of pies. Oh, I just thought of Waitress for some reason. Oh, and then you talk about how at the end of this, uh, the other video how to get girls through hypnotism, a guy shaves his head, and then I thought of, you know what? Carrie Russell was in Waitress and there was a huge controversy when Carrie Russell decided to cut her hair for the show Felicity. So it's just weird how that happens. Like you sort of find these strange mental parallels between different things. Um, obviously she didn't shave her head. That would have been pretty uh, substantial. But um, there's this weird idea of at that time like Felicity uh, the ratings went down for the show just because she cut her hair short which was a really weird controversy um <laughs> at the time but yeah. um
1: yeah a lot of people don't realize that things like war and poverty exist Is i guess yeah, so they they're guess gonna so. get upset over um over here and also I think it's amazing, we may be the first ever situation to have connected felicity with playing Spires more than so. likely
0: well that 's how my brain works sometimes I
1: love it, I love
0: it so, so. yes yeah, spe- <laughs> speaking of weird inter- interpolations or just uh mm-hmm. integrations and things, number six on my list is one by Metallica because I'm, oh yeah it 's just the like that 's still my still probably my favorite song of theirs but it's just another video that really disturbed me at a young age. Uh, I have yet to see Johnny Got His Gun to sort of even get more context and, you know, kind of uh, know specifically what the entire film is about. I mean, obviously I know it's an anti-war film and I think Jason Robards is in it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I just, I haven't gotten around to seeing it, but it was just really distinctly used in this powerful song from Metallica. And, I mean, for the most part it is just them playing in a room and jamming out and having a performance, but... It is intercut with this movie and dialogue from the movie, um, and I just found it like just a really interesting idea at the time to sort of incorporate uh, a movie that I'd never seen, wasn't even aware of at the time when I was young. But um, it, it just it just brought the song into a whole new light, and that's something that you know we've talked about. If you can tell an amazing story or provide memorable imagery in a very short span of time. But if you can sort of change the way you think of the song uh, as a result of the music video, I think that's also something to be commended. And I think Metallica did that for one here, whereas like something like they did with The Unforgiven, I don't know, I just find that, that whole thing really ridiculous and over-the-top and pretentious and almost like trying to be Bergman or something. Like <laughs> I don't know, just like an old man coming to terms with his life and... You know, I don't know, I just find some of it ridiculous after a while but, but, but before Metallica sort of got huge and popular I mean, they were popular at the time of One But uh, not, not to the extent that they were after the Black album So, I don't know, I just think One by Metallica is one of my favorites It may not hold up as strongly as some of the others on my list But it's something that just sticks with me um, From my youth, so
1: yeah, no, I think that's a great video, and I mean, it's it's also interesting to note about Metallica, was that that was their first music video, and that was for... Oh, really? Hmm. Their fourth album, because yeah. they didn't do any music videos for the first three albums, um, which is too bad, because God knows, I would love to see a video for, uh, you know, The Thing That Should Not Be, or, you know, Trash or sure. that, but... Um,
0: or you can just watch Paradise Lost the series and it's pretty much one Metallica video too
1: <laughs> yeah but uh but no once no I mean and it's yeah I mean I can't imagine I mean there's probably a lot of Metallica fans who had no idea who Dalton Trumbo was so that's kind of a cool subversive thing where I like to think there were some you know metal heads that were that yeah. sought out Dalton Trumbo what a, what an awesome world uh, to live in for that to happen so
0: right no kidding that's a good point <laughs> too yeah
1: but uh well my number six uh is uh, It's one of, you know, none of these are in sequential order. Let me just, you know, put that. But this is absolutely one of my favorites. This one was very easy for me to get on this list. And that's uh, Mask by Bajas.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a great choice.
1: Oh, my God. Of course, anybody that knows me knows that I love Bajas. Uh, As well you should. Everybody should. And I love them more than a lot of people love their kids. This <laughs> means so much to me. <laughs> it's um, Mask is such a just eerie dream dream nightmare type video I think it's it's just it is I mean they did some good videos you know they did they've done several videos they're all good but Mask is the one to me that just stands out and um that's one where I think the only time it ever got really any airplay at least in the states was um Elvira actually showed it when she did uh her I think what is the 1986 Halloween countdown on MTV um, which was a great way to see videos you wouldn't get to see a lot, weirdly enough, because, I mean, that one, you know, like, like mass. Like, I mean, I don't think Baja's got a lot into the Airplay in general, but um, certainly not that one. But um, it's it's great. It's um,
0: so eerie.
1: Yeah, the shadow is cast. It's, it's <laughs> perfect.
0: <laughs> and clearly, uh, the imagery in, in that video must have gone on to inspire... Trent Reznor and Marilyn Manson and just uh, and even to some degree I don't know why I thought of this too but n- n- there's some image images in there of his face in the shadows I mean I obviously you kind of have like an Nosferatu feel but I, I was thinking of some of the images towards the uh, end of Natural Born Killers that Oliver Stone uses in there are just like really striking and, and dark and just full of Know, like a bloody face, or just really weird things going on. I mean, it's 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 this this video, and obviously this band is, is very gothic, and you know the video is very horror inspired, and just has fascinating like spotlight imagery and things um, throughout it too, if I recall. But yeah, I don't know why it's just one of the, like one of those random thoughts too, with how Oliver Stone tried to s- essentially emulate a music video with Natural Born Killers um, at times but oh
1: uh, absolutely that yeah. was that was a, a big influence as well as i think actually you know our artist i mentioned earlier kenneth anger
0: yeah and anger
1: himself influenced um the thing about mask too that like is it, it has to be at times almost like an early german mm-hmm. like borderline expressionist film, and the expressionists have a lot of influence on music video and some of which i'll get to actually later on in this list but um but even in unlikely places, uh, like a, there's a Kim Carnes video. I mean, even in Betty Davis' eyes, there's like oh, you know, imagery yeah. that's definitely German, you know, bordering on German expressionistic. So um, it's it's fascinating to me that silent films, you know, it ties it all together how silent films themselves had an influence on a lot of early music videos.
0: Yeah, that's a great point for sure. Um, so, number five for me, I'm not going to have a whole lot to say about it, but. And, and I can admit that maybe it's dated, but it's one of those... Tom Petty was an artist that my dad and I kind of bonded over, um, and I don't necessarily go back and listen to him regularly or anything, but he had some he had some strange moments, and he certainly had some incredibly memorable videos, but nothing ha- stands out to me the way his video for Don't Come Around Here No More uh, oh, did. Oh,
1: yes. You yes. know? Oh, that's a that's a great yeah you want to talk about surrealism that, <laughs> i've never <Yeah>. seen, <laughs> seen that as a kid and it definitely blew my little mind a bit i'll mm-hmm. say that um though i straight it always strangely made me hungry <laughs> i was like cake is good and i look that now i'm like what is wrong with you but, <laughs> that's, that's a person but um
0: <laughs> mm, but person cake yum
1: person cake yay but um the
0: art direction is just stunning in this video um
1: and, oh, definitely.
0: And, and maybe I maybe I never did shrooms because of this video. Maybe I was too worried <laughs> of like some some of these images coming into play. But yeah, you're right. There, there's it's just very memorable. Some of the symmetry and the, the, the way he played with spatials. I forgot to look up who directed this video, and I probably should have that. But um, once you see it, you just you never forget certain images from it, and it's just one that. As a kid, uh, much like the you might think video by the Cars, there's just moments in it where I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm never going to forget seeing that. I can't unsee that." Um, and, I, and I mean that in a good uh, in a good way.
1: Oh yeah, no, that's that. I would say, I mean, if I had to do like top ten mainstream videos of the '80s, yeah, that one would probably be on that list. I, I think that's definitely one of the best of that decade. It's it's a terrific video, and um, I always love Tom Petty for kind of being open to doing weird things, because I think a lot of people view him as like a class, almost like a classic work radio artist, mm-hmm. and the way anyway, he is, but um, but he's always been a little different, and uh, I, I respect him for that, I like him.
0: Yeah, I even like the videos he's done with, the, you know, like Johnny Depp and Kim Basinger, he's, yeah, I mean, they're not like groundbreaking, but they're just interesting, that's all I can say.
1: Oh, definitely, yeah. and um, and actually he had Charles Rocket in his video for You're So Bad, and I'm a, a big Charles Rocket fan, oh, so. Oh yeah, uh,
0: well. <laughs> that, that means you must have seen Delirious with John Candy.
1: Oh my god, not in years, but yes, I have seen it. <laughs> and part of it was because of Charles Rock. Of course. Because I love John Candy.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. every John Candy movie, even the bad ones. <laughs> uh,
1: well, hey, you, know, you love John Candy. I mean, even in the bad ones, he's still of course and uh, amazing. And, uh, but yeah, my number five... Uh, sadly bereft of Jar- Charles Rocket or John Candy, but it is really good. <laughs> it's uh it's uh Yashar by Cabaret Voltaire.
0: Ooh. Okay. I don't know if I know this one either.
1: It's a, yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of the Cabs in general, as um us music geeks probably only refers to them as the cabs, <laughs> But um uh Yashar, um hmm. As a video, I mean, it fits the song perfectly, and it's a great song. And there's a lot of, like, great quick edits. There's lots of um, video sampling, but it's almost everything looks like it's being processed through, like, two or three different monitors, lots of interesting superimposition. Um, a theme, a visual theme, I'm always a sucker for... Um, and this will pop up in my number four but I won't tell. obviously say what it is yet um, is I always love it when people use TV monitors themselves as a visual device like yeah. it's like an image within an image and there's definitely a lot of that in play with this video as well um, it's um, I just I love it it's um, it's a treat it's a visual treat and I mean everything that, Cab- that Cabaret Voltaire did visually um, fit their music really well their video for Don't Argue is like a Jim Thompson novel come to life, and that no one kidding. almost made, yeah, it almost made my list, because I, you know, that's a great combination right there, but, um, but, yeah, Char edged it out, um, it's just, the editing and the visuals, it's just, oh, it's great, I love it. Yeah, it's
0: got, <laughs> it, yeah, I can tell it's got, like, a real sort of raw energy, but it's very fast and flashy, and there's screens within screens,
1: Yes. yeah, yes.
0: It, it plays with form, clearly, I'm, I'm really fascinated by that, too, that's, it that's, I'm gonna have to check that one out too. My goodness, I have so much to watch after we're done talking. I'm so excited. I'm oh, probably yes. not gonna get any sleep tonight, um, which is I'm so, great. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy for that.
1: You can send me a nasty message in the morning. <laughs> okay, well,
0: this is why they invented coffee, though. So I'm, I'm oh, grateful for it.
1: The life's blood. Yes. Yeah.
0: So number four is one that initially sparked our our Facebook discussion, and um, you know, because I was saying, like, I think this might be my favorite video. But I also think of it as maybe it was my favorite video for the time that it captures so beautifully, and that's 1979 by the Smashing Pumpkins. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned, it really captures what it's like to be young and reckless and sort of aimless. And you know, maybe maybe like a, a director like Richard Linklater obviously does it in the narrative form, uh, but here the. This this just captured my suburban high school experience better than pretty much anything else, and it complements the song so perfectly uh, that I'm I'm actually willing to just you know sort of shrug off just Billy Corgan's lip syncing in the back seat (laughs) because that's like the only sort of weak element of the whole thing is just like I'm just gonna lip sync the song in the back seat but everything else surrounding it is just so so high school and so just like i'm gonna hang out with my friends we're gonna drive to this convenience store and we're gonna cause chaos temporarily and just run out or do prank phone calls or do really ridiculous things or go to this house party and jump in the pool and like all these things not everything obviously but just there are certain moments of recognition throughout this entire video and it's also really funny and playful and great it just has a great energy to it like the um, the people in the house party are jumping up and down to the rhythm of the video, and, like, that's just, I mean, that's maybe simple to do in the editing room, but I still love it, and there's just really cool POV shots that even a show like Breaking Bad would sort of go on to do, like, let's just do a, a POV shot of the rake for no reason, or, you know, just a, a shovel digging in a garden, and I just look at uh, 1979 as like, oh yeah, that's the first time I saw, besides obviously um, Sam Raimi's work with Evil Dead 2, just seeing like really inventive POV shots that you'd never seen before was, was in this video. And it's it's easily the best thing that the directors of Little Miss Sunshine have ever done. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I just, like I said, it just, it captures a moment in time so beautifully. And it's probably still my favorite Smashing Pumpkin song, I think. Yeah.
1: It's it's a well it's a well made video. The pumpkins did do some. Um, see, I'm, I'm all about the abbreviation name thing tonight. Nothing wrong with that. Like the cabs, the pumpkins, but um, no, they did have some interesting videos. Actually, my favorite one for them from them was for um, tonight.
0: Sure, that yeah, it was award winning. It won like every yeah. award in the book at the time. Yeah,
1: actually, that one I realized I was trying to say today, but tonight's night is a great video and the whole George Millay's inspiration is great. But I meant actually today because that was directed by Stephanie what yeah. Um, said a lot. Uh, I can't say his last name. I know who name, you're talking apologies. about. Who um, also did some great video work for Mazzy Star, among many others, to so tell the
0: pilots. But, Chili um, Peppers, if I recall, maybe.
1: Probably the era that's a little. Eh, yeah, maybe. I'm you know? <laughs> thinking of the um, right
0: person. But yeah, no, I know who you're talking about.
1: Yeah, and uh, I always love the video for today because it's just, it's very, you've got like the weird candy colored landscapes and there's strange hipsters making out in the fields and then you <laughs> yeah. got the ice cream truck and. James E. Hart address, and it's um that one. just it's very breezy. But uh, but no, nineteen seventy nine definitely. I mean, you know, because I think you and I are around the same age. That was like, that was a big. Yeah, I remember a lot of my peers really loved it. I was always like a little too weird. I was already getting into bands like Baja's and Sister <laughs> Mercy, and listening probably to a yeah. lot of Martin Denny's So I, so I was always like, well, I wish I had a social life like. <laughs> <laughs> but um but, but I definitely recognize for it. And um yeah, it's it's so strange to uh to kind of look back on something from your high school years and it's already kind of like a crystalline
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, fragment. It's it is. Um, it's it's but, kind of, oh my God. That it's kind of
0: interesting to think about. But um yeah, I uh where was I where was I? Um <laughs> I was looking up the director's work and yeah, I was kind of I was right because Give It Away by the Chili Peppers won some awards at the time, and that was a weird video. Oh, uh, um, yes,
1: that totally looks like Stephanie Like visuals. He has yeah. a very distinct style. You can usually kind of... He's one of those where you're immediately like, I think it's that dude. Mysterious <laughs> Ways
0: by U2. Probably my favorite is Big Time Sensuality by Bjork. Oh. That's that's something... It's funny because like I, I just realized that I probably would have included a Bjork video, and I don't know how I missed it.
1: <laughs> I know neither one of us did and I know I love Bjork and she's done you know she could be just be like her own category she's done yeah. some great videos um I miss you is one of my favorites because it's uh, directed by John Kay who did Ren and Stimpy and of course uh oh yeah I love John Kay it's um and it's I mean it's Bjork with like and a basically Bjork and a Ren and Stimpy cartoon or Ren right. Stimpy style cartoon so that's fantastic but yeah well well, if we do a part two,
0: we, we have should, to at this point. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think we're gonna have to. We'll have we'll have like a whole Bjork section because she's she's just done so much.
0: And number three might be one of the more predictable choices since I've already mentioned it, and that's closer by Nine inch nails. Um, it's it's kind of funny that my top three are all by the same director, and I'm not trying to be predictable, but <laughs> it's for a reason. I just think what Mark Romanek has done for music videos is just on a whole other wavelength, a whole other level. Um, You know, he brought his Kubrickian sensibilities to the music video art form, and, you know, you can just tell he loves music just as much as he loves, uh, you know, as as much as he loves cinema. And he did things with old cameras, and I'm sure there's a term for it that I can't think of off the top of my head, but it's a specific type of very old camera where, you know, at times like they would open up the camera and it would sort of spit out the film almost like a jack-in-the-box kind of manner mm. <laughs> um, but she, it just it's, it looks like nothing you've ever seen before and everybody at the time that had seen it we it was like the water cooler event at the school. Like, we were just all talking about, did you see that Nine Inch Nails video? Oh my god, how weird and bizarre and disturbing is that? The only downside is that it, <laughs> it turned Nine Inch Nails into, like, everybody knew that song, and jocks were quoting it left and right in very inappropriate ways. <laughs> like, just, you know, that song became like an anthem, and it got to the point where like basketball players started wearing nine inch nails shirts, and that made me feel really uncomfortable for some reason. I just, and you know, you know how you have bands that you want to declare as like this, this is my band, man, and it can't become popular in mainstream. You sort of get like this elitist uh, mentality when you're younger. Um, yeah. So that sort of happened with nine inch nails at the time, at least with my high school, and uh, a lot of that has to do with just how groundbreaking the video was and. You know, you you see it, you you know it's special, uh, much like the other videos on my list.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, I mean it's um, there's like just a beautiful sense of um, spoiled sexuality, like something something yeah. kind of beautiful that's been completely uh, tainted. And uh, corrupted from the inside, uh, which I respect. <laughs> that's in a right. lot of movies I write about. So, um, no, that's cool. Um, my, my number four,
0: because. Uh, oh, I did we, we. You know what? We, I, I accidentally did that. I'm so sorry. No, I got, I got on good. a tangent.
1: <laughs> but no, tangents are good. This is the thing. Like, uh, a great podcast should be like a great conversation. And I think most good conversations are like that. Most of us aren't, you know. It's just a, it's a fluid
0: thing. Great talk is fluid. So well, Nathan, I appreciate that, and I do apologize. You uh, you have the floor for two, uh, two, two choices now here.
1: See, it works to my advantage. So uh, yeah. is Thank you for feeding my ego. Jim. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks for um, reframing it that way.
1: <laughs> uh, my number four is uh, the video for "Ahead" by Wire. Um, oh man, that's
0: a, such a great band. Oh my god.
1: Oh, I know, Wire, I think Wire from one bands, If the minute you love them, the minute you will love them for life. They are unlike, to this day, I don't think there's any ba- I mean, there's a lot of bands who are definitely inspired by Wire and who tried to kind of sound like them, but none of them have ever achieved Gee,
0: this. I wonder if Elastica wanted to sound like Wire. I wonder if they heard Pink Flag and go, hmm, let's see if we can do that.
1: Well, they they lied to me not to get sued for it, so <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> the, um, the, uh, they can at least say, "Hey, we got sued by Wire," and um, that's probably got its own sort of cachet. Sure. Um, them in Nirvana can hang out since they got sued by Killing Joke, which is um, if we do a part two, I'll bring up Killing Joke uh, for that one. Oh yeah, I do Killing Joke. But um, ahead, you know, it's funny because the '80s era of Wire, I feel like it always gets a little. Overlooked Because yeah Those first three Albums are Completely seminal And did inspire Almost like The Bellator Grounds First album Those three albums Inspired a lot of People's form bands And um And were really Pivotal that way They're great But why are To me are a bands Who are all about Evolving those These are guys That are not can You know Content To settle And That's why they're Great and bless them For it Because they're Interesting And they're, and they're Their 80s period Um you know it's just really really good and really intriguing and ahead is a great example of that it's a great song the video uses lots of um like different formats and it's funny because you're talking earlier about liking things with like a surveillance and they use that there's like there's footage in there where it looks like it's taken from a surveillance cam and like it's slowed down like almost like this like the superior film a little bit you know and there's like tactics like that there's intriguing use of, you know, like, superimpositions. And it all just creates sort of um, just uh, an emotional visual landscape that you cannot be settled in. You know, you can never be 100% comfortable with. And I love that. I love it when artists do that. Because um, to me, it's a sign of respect. They want you to, they've made something really special, and they want you to kind of work for it a little bit. They're not treating you dumb. They're not talking down to you. And Wire, in general, are great about that. And Ahead as a video is great about that as well.
0: I need to see this 100. I, I'm, I'm familiar with Pink Flag. I'm familiar with some Wire records. But like you said, yeah, some of the '80s stuff. I, I haven't explored it yet. So I'm going to for sure.
1: Oh, dude, dude, dude. I recommend all of it, actually. I was trying to think of like a particular album, but it's just, if Wires the band, get it. <laughs> it
0: yeah, y- y- you know who wholeheartedly agrees with you is Jim D. Regattas, the author oh. of uh, Let It Blurt.
1: See? One of That's... his
0: top five favorite bands, probably.
1: Uh, nine out of ten Lester Banks fans cannot be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> or at least one out of, or two out of, you know, a few. But, uh, but yeah, I think, especially if you like the early stuff, I would recommend check out there further and um number three was really hard for me i have to admit three was the one that was the slot where i just there were two or three videos i went back and forth on containing what you love to 10 is so difficult and i'm sure when we get to the recording i'm gonna think of like 80 other things i should have mentioned but um, yeah same
0: here just like i did with bjork
1: <laughs> oh my god i know we did we, we have to do part two now yeah for bjork alone but um but what I've settled on and I, I shouldn't say settled because there's no settling about it. It's great. Is, um, a band that is probably not known to a lot of people in America, but it's a band called new skin. And they were a Swedish band hmm. in the, uh, mid to late two thousands. And, uh, they were on Cleopatra records. They got to open for Gary Newman. Um, who I love a Gary Newman. Yeah. God, we probably need to do a part two now. Cause I'm like, Oh God, Gary Newman. But, oh, uh, course, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's a, uh, but New Skin were a band that really should have been a bigger deal than they were. They're a great band, and their video for New Skin, for the song New Skin, which is on YouTube, um, is fantastic. It's almost... It, it's styled like something out of the 20s, but there's lots of, like... There's a lot of art and cutouts and shadows, animation, and... Um, you know, it, part of it looks German Expressionist. Part of it almost looks like a Victorian or post-Victorian era uh, play. Uh, other parts of it have this whimsy. It, it reminds me actually a lot of um, a 1920s animation film called *The Cameraman's Revenge*. Huh. A little bit of that too. It's it's visually it's one of those things where I look at it and I'm like, I would kill to make something that looks this good as a you know person who's done video. It just it's a beautiful video and it's a great, great band. And, um, they only did one album, but I highly recommend getting it. It's, um, it's really, really good. So new skin. (laughs) All
0: right. I'm going to check that out too. Can't wait. Hmm. Okay. So number two and really like no, number one and two are kind of tied if I want to be honest, because, um, you know, at the time I wasn't the hugest Madonna fan in the world but um i think it was around you know her more her more controversial period when she put out her book mm-hmm. and um you know, it's like I remember going to a, a local bookstore and they had the sex book behind the, the, uh, the counter there. And I was like, ooh, okay. mm, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, as much as, I, as, much as I'm, I, I became a fan of that Madonna period um, with Erotica, I, I don't know if I should re-listen to this, too, just to see if um, I'm going to stay true to my word. But Bedtime Stories um, is my favorite Madonna record. And the title track... Um, for a good long while I consider it to be my favorite music video and that that's Bedtime Stories by Madonna <laughs> Mark Romanek again, surprise, surprise but um, it's this, <laughs> this is another one that kind of haunted my dreams and it was very inspired by dreams and surrealist artwork that um, I think like after they did the video for Rain um, Mark went to visit Madonna at, like, her hotel room at the time because she was, like, getting her apartment remodeled or whatever. And uh, she, he, uh, he had seen a painting that she had, and I don't even know who the artist was, but he, he's, like, he pointed at that and it's like, oh, man, it would be so great to make a music video that looks like that. And that's pretty much what they did. Um, and, you know, again, you can tell, especially early on, where his, inf- his you know, Kubrick love... Uh, Comes into play, which is some of the really uh, sort of eerie images of like Madonna sort of um, lying down in like this circular petri dish. Uh, Almost looks like like she's a science experiment, and this like weird liquid starts to pour down on her blood, and she has like a vocal response to it. Um, But throughout this entire video, there are images that will forever stay with me. Um, It affects me far more than the Losing My Religion video did. Mm -hmm. You know, like the Tarsim kind of influence seems like it's here as well. Um, But (laughs) probably right up there with um, seeing Rico Kasich as a fly, I would say seeing Madonna's face um, towards the end of this video sort of uh, contort and... At one point, she has a mouth for eyes and an eye for a mouth or something. That really, like, just... That really got to me, and it still does (laughs) in the best way. Uh, I love every single... Like, this is one of those videos where every image I just want to put on my wall because I think it's just a a work of art from a true Mm -hmm. artist, from two great artists at the time, sort of, like, at the height of their powers. So, Bedtime Stories by Madonna is my number two. Oh, no, that's
1: that's a good one. I love the whole whirling dervish.
0: Mm-hmm. in that video.
1: There's a lot of great imagery in that one. I'm not I'm not a big Madonna fan either as a whole, but um but she's done some things I definitely, I mean I I respect. Yeah, and, um, that video is great. And that is actually like if I have to listen to Madonna song, you know, I like the song, so Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's that's a great pick. Um uh my number two uh was is definitely speaking of controversial, um uh, is Songs for Swinging Larvae by Ronaldo and the Loaf. Um, Whoa. Yeah, yeah it's... Um, <laughs> it's a... It's... it's it is... It's it's a very challenging... They were a challenging band. They were on Ralph Records, which, of course, was the resident's label. Um, they were British. Uh, they're a British band, though. But um, a lot of their stuff is highly experimental. I've... I, I can roll that way very easily and um the song's great the video was made by Graham Whiffler who we talked about earlier right and Graham I is so underrated he uh, to me is such a striking visual artist and he's really good about combining color and imagery in a way that is so captivating at times it's, it's beautiful and repulsive all at once and um to do that I think is really really fascinating um and, um, and it's controversial because there's, you know, the whole thing is, like, basically, like, this little boy's It's almost like a little kid nightmare, but it's also kind of almost, like, it feels like a metaphor for just, like, you know, the torment of growing up. And, the, the, you know, there's a, it's, it's a, in, a, in a slightly obtuse way, but it's sort of just, like, you know, like, you know, like, just um, instead of a rosy picture of childhood, it's just sort of, you know, more like, you know, the brutality that can be growing up but not in any sort of obvious way like the kid's not beat or anything there's no like physical abuse but it's, I don't know it's just, it's really, it's a challenging work it's fascinating um, I think Graham is brilliant and really should be, you know written about more as an artist um, and um, and the song's great I like Ronaldo the Love it's definitely, it's probably one of those things where you're either probably going to really like it or you're going to be like burn it in the fire i don't want to hear this again <laughs> how dare you i mean that's it's like metal machine music probably in that regard where you're either really gonna love it and dig it and get it or it's gonna run people out of your home um which can have some advantages sure clear a party out but um but that is my number two pick so what's your number one? Oh
0: my goodness yeah i was just looking through this video really quickly and seeing some images that oh boy uh, yeah I could see why this would, would be striking for some people. Um, yeah. and, even, and even towards the end, it looks like there's a, 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 a portrait of, of Frida Kahlo hanging on the wall, which uh, is, is a really interesting choice here. Um, yeah, I can't wait to watch this one, too! Oh, yeah! <laughs> My number one is possibly the most predictable choice in the history of music video lists, and it's made number one on many music video lists, and that would be um, Johnny Cash Hurt.
1: Oh, um, Yes.
0: I, I'd never seen a video that made me cry that hard, and it, it's also due to, to the time it was released because he had just passed away, I think, or it came out might before. It might, I think, it came out after June Carter had passed. He was just in really, really poor health, and he wasn't dealing with the loss very well. Um, and all of that just sort of shows in this entire video. I mean, at one point, she's you know June Carter is in the background like crying, and has you know her hand on his shoulder, and it's just and it's just a really fully realized life, um, you know, in this yeah, <laughs> in, this, in this just really short span of time. Um, it's like going through old photo albums, uh, and even though it's not your life that you're looking at, it feels like it. And as Trent Reznor said that song is not his anymore after what Johnny Cash did to that song for that cover um so Mark Romanek is uh, kind of a genius in my eyes and what he did for that is a little similar to what we're going to be talking about for his contribution to Beyonce's uh record I think a little bit just you know not to the extent that he did for a life like Johnny Cash but for um you know, his segment in Beyonce's Lemonade video, he he really gets personal in, in, in a very interesting, intimate way. That's a good word to use for this video, is intimate. And oh, I
1: think, yeah, it's a perfect word for it. Yeah, it's a great, it is a very it is a very powerful cover and a powerful uh, video.
0: It's yeah. great. Yeah, I don't know if anything will ever top it. I mean, it's just something, because I respond to things on an emotional level and... You know, having dealt with loss, and you know, being a fan of Johnny Cash, and then after him passing away, it's like, yeah, that's that's a video that will always um, st- have resonance for me, hundred percent.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's hard. I can't imagine somebody not loving Johnny Cash, and um, yeah, I I grew up uh, listening to a lot of his music because uh, through my, my mom and, and my grandmother, especially, who listened to a lot of old country. And, uh, Johnny Cash is just, he was a legend and, uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's it was sort of like seeing like a family member you really love yeah. and you know, they're dying, you know, that was the effect of that video, you know? So yeah, it's definitely, that's it's a perfect,
0: perfect summation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What is your number one? I can't wait.
1: Well, my number one—I have to confess—I've I've cheated slightly because I've made it a three-way tie. <laughs> well,
0: I'm, for, I'm very forgiving about that stuff.
1: Thank you so much. I just couldn't separate these three because it's all from the same artist, and I've call, I'm calling it the Wall of Voodoo Triad.
0: Ooh.
1: Which would be a great Albert P. N. action movie from the <laughs> '80s title as well. But um, okay, with Wall, Wall of Voodoo is one of my favorite bands of all time and um another band i think are un- very underrated the first one did get a lot of airplane is probably what most people if they've know, if they've heard of the band are going to associate them with which is mexican radio
0: great song and great it's a great song.
1: great song great video um this was you know Dalía and sadian at their absolute best um Anybody who's a uh, fan, you know, fans of either one, um, you know, Stephen Sadie was good friends with a lot of members of Wall of Voodoo, and in fact, of Voodoo's cover of Ring of Fire, funny how all this ties in... Oh, that's in, weird, yeah. ...was used in Night Dreams. That's his right. Which is film. Yeah. And, and if you look in the uh, crew credits uh, for his film Dr. Talgari, um, there's at least two band members. I won't spoil it, because people should go out and seek this film. Dr. Calgary is awesome. It is... Uh, <laughs> words on uh, behind the scenes. So, um, but yeah, Mexican radio is just great. I mean, you have like great images, like you have a German expressionist style set. You've got, you know, a Stan Ridgway's face coming through a big pot of baked beans. <laughs> you know, um, you have like these noir type shots too. And then you've got somebody roasting a lizard. I mean, it's just it's fantastic. Um, the second one, uh, and this is the only one of these three that was not directed by um, Sadian is uh, the video for "Far Side of Crazy," uh, and this is from the Andy Preboy era, which most people know for the Stan Ridgway era, which is like Mexican Radio and you know Call of the West. But um, the Andy Preboy era is it's it's equal. But different, but it's it's really worth checking out. And Farsighted Crazy" is a really it's a great video. And there's just definitely these undercurrents of basically uh, a narrative by a guy, your narrator of the song, and, and played by Andy Preboy, the singer of the video, is almost like this John Hinckley type.
0: Um, oh wow!
1: And um, which yeah, I don't think this video would probably get airplay now. I don't think it got a lot, but then either. But um, you know, because I mean, you know, he pulls out a gun at one point in a crowd and. Uh, And, uh, but, you know, but there's lots of, like, there's weird clowns. (laughs) There's a lot of triggery things for people, probably, in this video, between the guns and the clowns. But, um, it's terrific. And the third one, and actually this ties very nicely in with Dr. Calgary, is Do It Again, which was the cover of the Beach Boys song. Oh, I don't, I haven't heard that.
0: That's, mm, Okay.
1: It's cool. And Brian Wilson himself makes an appearance in the Oh, nice. Yeah. So, it's, um... Hmm. It's a lot of fun. It's definitely if you if you're a huge fan of 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 Sadian's work, like Dr. Calgar and Captain Flash, definitely check out this video because it is 100 um, percent that style. It's um it's it, which means it's utterly fantastic. <laughs> it's it's great. It's um you know you have girls wearing you know bikinis and these masks that look like Keen, like Keen paintings, like those big eyed. You know you have um you know, dead fish as a hat. You uh,
0: <laughs> all right? I'm all for and that.
1: Brian Wilson lifting weights. I mean, I, I, I'm a simple woman. This hits all of my uh, needs for a music video, and uh so yeah, I think it's fantastic. So my my number one is three Wall of Voodoo videos. I just uh, I couldn't break them apart. They're they're like brothers and sisters. You know, you don't want to separate them at the orphanage. You want to adopt them all together.
0: Wow. I. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, there is just so much I can't wait to catch up on now, thanks to you. That's such, a gr- that's such a great thing, too, is like, yeah, I mean, maybe a lot of my choices are a little bit more mainstream, but you've brought so much to the table um, for just this episode alone that I'm like, we're just going to have to do a... We're going to, like most things nowadays, we'll probably have to turn this into a trilogy of discussions. <laughs> oh, I
1: like that. Three. Three's a good number. It's, it is. It's a good odd number. I like it. Yeah, because...
0: Yeah, there's so much ground to cover with music videos and I haven't even realized it. So it's it's so great because a lot of the titles you brought up, I probably just will make my own YouTube playlist and uh, uh, catch up because even just like scrolling through very briefly as you're talking, I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I could see why you chose it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, good choices. Um,
1: thank you. Well, and you too, you know, Your list your list was, was wonderful. It was tight. And I like the fact that it was... Um you know it was all stuff that i think even even if it was you know a little more mainstream it still wasn't super mainstream because usually when people do these lists it's like okay yeah i mean yeah thriller is great but i mean come on it's, oh, yeah. the world wasn't built and ended on thriller you that's know?
0: that's true it's
1: not even the scariest music
0: video which no. of
1: course would be anything but rod stewart <laughs>
0: Disturbing. But, uh... I I still can't believe any time the song, you know, uh, Do You Think I'm Sexy comes on the radio at work, Um, at least one uh, of the volunteers, because, you know, they're they're of an older demographic, and most of them are ladies, and they always comment about how much they find this song to be creepy or gross. (laughs)
1: Uh, (laughs) It happens
0: every time. Nine out of ten women, I think,
1: will say that, because, you ew. Yeah, and the answer to that question, Mister Stewart, is no, no, no. We don't think you're sexy, and you need to. Your pants need to go up at least two sizes. Agreed. And, and stop it! Just stop it. He should have quit after uh, faces, but
0: that's. Um, that's <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, right? That's
1: that's. Uh, that's just me being very intensely opinionated.
0: <laughs> well, that, but, that opinion's pretty accurate, as far as I'm concerned. Ah, oh, well, thank you. And, um, uh, you know, there's there's a lot more. I'm sure we can uh bring up. I mean, I just have like a a really quick list of other videos just sort of came off the top of my head. Um uh, I really like this video by Michelle Gondry called uh Lucas with the Lid Off by Lucas. Oh. And this is a he, I think he's almost like a hip hop one-hit wonder, but this video made uh, a distinct impression on me because it was all one take, and I still don't know how he did it. I still don't know how he pulled it off. And it's the kind of, it's the kind of work that Michel Gondry would sort of implement into a lot of his other films, uh, it, including a, a moment in Eternal Sunshine that Jim Carrey actually yelled at Michel Gondry uh, at one point because he's like, it's impossible. There's no way we can pull this off. There's no way I could be in two places at once and in the same shot and not cut so Jim Carrey was just so mad about it but they actually pulled it off and then he felt like a dick um, but yeah this this video it might even have won some awards for its innovation Lucas with the lid off check that out it's it's really cool and playful and totally Michelle Gondry um, oh
1: man yeah, I will definitely look at I like, I like what I've seen of Gondry's work um, like my, my favorite was always the video he did for Daft Punks around the world yeah good choice that. such a fun video and just um, just so whimsical it's 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 sim- I mean it's it seems sort of deceptively simple but there's a great sort of almost fuzzy Berkeley uh, at a rave yeah <laughs> kind of effect <laughs> about it um, and if there's one I can mention real quick because I'm sure you and I both are thinking of the ones that are, are little stragglers that didn't quite make it to the top ten but mm-hmm. um, was a Y box video for their cover of Sympathy uh, for the Devil
0: oh yeah i know that one (laughs) yes
1: it's so good and um a very i mean hot flyback have made some great videos and i'm i'm i would say i'm definitely a fan of the bands but um that one is just it's 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 so perfect and especially (laughs) if you even have a slight knowledge of some of the turmoil that has hit a lot of eastern european countries in general and you know they're from i believe sylvania um it's 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 good it's it's striking oh, yeah. and it's it is haunting and like the last shot where it's just it's like you're just you're looking at a village it's decimated and there's just all these white blankets almost like there's just like it's just bodies that have been covered and just um the idea of that kind of devastation i mean is uh if I, I mean that would that is what true evil is is uh-huh. what happens you know in on this realm is is things like war and innocent people getting and certainly what governments can do uh to build not to get heavy but you know i mean um Wybog, i think he was just sort of so smart in that but they did it in a way that wasn't heavy-handed because i mean political commentary was definitely nothing new in music videos in the 80s especially in the reagan era mm-hmm. um But uh, Leibach just are are a very smart band, and it's a great cover, and um, there's been a lot of covers of that song. Obviously, it's one of the Stones' biggest, and and one of the best tunes. It's a great song, but uh, the Leibach one for my money is the the ticket.
0: I completely concur with that. And uh, that's another video that plays like a short film Mm -hmm. um, in the best way, and... (laughs) (laughs) it makes the Guns N' Roses cover of Sympathy for the Devil (laughs) like garbage (laughs) I remember like being I remember being okay with the interview with the vampire movie and then it oh the ending was just so awful I was just like no why did you have to end this way because it ends with like Tom Cruise flying into the car and like saying something witty and cheesy and then the Sympathy for the Devil cover starts playing by Guns N' Roses and I'm just, I just wanted to die. I was like, oh god no, Neil Jordan, you're so much better than this um, but yeah, no, that's a great choice I hadn't thought of that video in a while, boy, that's, boy. That's sti- that sticks with you
1: well, yeah, that definitely would have been a better choice. Now I agree because I, I actually do like the Neil Jordan film. I thought he; it was yeah. way better than I expected. I mean, I love, I, love, I love Neil Jordan, but you know, I went into that one being like, "Is it?" Kind of the book? yeah. yeah. And um, I was surprised; I really uh, liked it, and I was fine with him flying into the car. And you know, turning
0: on the radio, doing it, do it,
1: do it all <laughs> that. But I'm like, but when I heard the song, I was like, how in a, how could you do this in a world where we have Sisters of Mercy, right? a Plan of Zymox, or just any other band that's true that a vampire that's a dandy would listen to? Not Guns N' Roses Are you shitting me? I mean, it was, I mean, well, Stan would listen to Pretty Boy Floyd before he'd listen to fucking Guns N' Roses
0: Right. Uh, I- <laughs> <laughs> that just makes me so mad! Oh my god. Okay. Um, you know I'm not the biggest Primus fan in the world, and I I I knew a couple of friends who uh, obviously embraced their absurdity, mm-hmm. uh, but I just I adore this video of Mr. Crinkle, where I think it's all just one take, and it's you know it's just him playing like a stand- like Les Claypool in a weird mask surprise playing a a stand-up bass and then just like all this weird stuff is happening in the background Mm -hmm. like a guy on fire at one point uh just walks past and it's just it's just a weird quirky it's sort of it's like the summation of what primus is in just one take one video um and you know, like the it's, the the music is an acquired taste, but I think visually it's really interesting 'cause they're just they're just they're just a weird band. <laughs> so it makes sense that they would have a weird, surreal video to go along with a, a strange song like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, no Primus. are definitely one of those bands that I think definitely try to do something interesting with all their videos. I'm, um, musically, I'm, they're kind of on that list of bands I, I really respect. I'm yeah. not, that's not a go-to band for me to put on, personally. I mean, I don't mind hearing it if I'm at, like, a party or in someone's car, but um, it's, I don't own any Primus, I'm not gonna, you know, uh, I, I would be much more likely with Pumpkin Crimson or the Butthole Surfers or something. Sure. But, yeah. But yeah. So, um, so I hear are 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 you a little
0: thirsty? Are you wanting some lemonade real quick? I yeah, I, I certainly am. I certainly am because we will definitely have more titles to touch on for a volume two, no doubt. So okay. there's there's plenty more we'll we'll, we'll talk about later on because, you know, I think also it would be interesting. Um, You know, I think you've probably seen the majority of my choices, but uh, for for our next conversation, maybe in a couple of months or so, like in the fall or something, when we do like a follow up, um, I'll just uh, come back with some notes about about some of your choices and what uh, came to my mind. Um, Hopefully, it won't be Carrie Russell and Felicity for every video. But, um, <laughs> I think
1: if it's for every one of them, we might have to have an
0: intervention. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I am a huge fan of the show that she's on now called The Americans, which uh, um, <laughs> really surprised me in terms of like her range. I was like, oh yeah, you know, she was fine on Felicity, but holy cow, the show The Americans that she's on is fantastic. But anyway, let's get on. I'm I'm definitely uh, I need to quench my thirst here. Beyonce, can you do it? I don't know. Let's go with your thoughts first on this, because I, I have no idea what you think of Beyonce um, as a, you know, it's like it's the cultural icon that she's become. Um, but you know, I will say that uh, I love the videos she did for Single Ladies, and um, I was, I was obviously like lately the surprise album release is kind of becoming all the rage. So um, you know, when everybody started talking about this, uh, I had to check it out for myself too. But what did you think of Lemonade?
1: um well i i will confess i haven't seen uh seen all of it i did i did watch what i what i could kind of gather a little bit online and um no it looks i mean actually what i saw surprised me um because i'm not again it's one of the things i have nothing against her she definitely seems to be like one of the most uh, Mm hard-working artists in the mainstream and her, her work ethic alone is definitely admirable um and her music isn't and I'm not a snob. I love there's a lot of pop music I love. I will I fiercely love bands like Abba and um you know, there are pop there's pop bands I like and pop music I like. Um I even like the song Pop Music by M, but um Chris, but, well, you should. Right. But um yeah, Beyonce's not my cup of tea, personally. I respect her. I have nothing against her. Um, so please, nobody start, you know, tweeting emojis of bees and lemons at me. <laughs> 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 I respect her. She's fine. But, um, but actually, what I saw of, um, of Lemonade, I was like, wow, this is actually really cool looking. This is really, like, and, and then when I looked at some of the directors she's working with, I'm like, oh, okay, that explains it. Cause yeah. I saw both, uh, Romanek. Am I yeah. saying his name right now? And you Jonas- know, that's a good
0: question. I always say Mark Romanek, but maybe mm-hmm. it is Romanek. I actually haven't, I'm, I bet we'll hear it. If we looked it up, it'd probably be two different pronunciations from we're different both, people. We're both, we're both wrong. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> that too.
1: We respect you, but, um, and Jonas Ackerland. um, yeah, it's, uh, both, both guys that are, I mean, and there were some others too, but those two alone, I'm like, well, yeah, no wonder she was smart. She got some people that were definitely kind of masters, um, at this form and um what i saw i thought it looked great like colors it looks moody um it definitely looked like i was res- i kind i definitely respect for doing something um that's always a little risky because the bands i mean she is far from the first who's done a video album though a lot of people don't yeah realize that cultural memory is very short-term in our culture <laughs> people yeah. have very short-term memory to things um but no, I mean, as soon as VHS became halfway affordable, I mean, Blondie did an entire video album for Eat to the Beat. Um, the Tubes did one, um, for, the, for, for the most part, for the completion Backwards Principal album as well, around the same time, actually. Um, you know, later on, people like Kate Bush, um, and Duran Duran, too. You know, I mean, the, you know, so Beyoncé was not the first, but... Those moves for those previous bands, I don't know how well financially it did for them. I think Blondie it, it helped because some of those videos got air, a lot of airplay. Um the tubes, because they were always a little weirder. I think Only Talk to You Later really did well off that one, but mm-hmm. um uh, but yeah, I love the tubes. So um so for her to do this, um in an in an era where it's post obviously post VHS, you know post-physical media and doing it through hbo i think is really interesting um and the fact that she did it through hbo which i guess makes sense because yeah i mean in tv i mean they're playing like teen mom shows and not even really like music <laughs> videos at this point but um no i think it's a cool it's a cool move what i've seen of it i think looks really good i've talked to some people who've seen all of it and heard some really good things um i know she just got she's getting sued because there's a short film uh, there's a man that made a short film that apparently her people saw that has some similar imagery
0: oh boy um,
1: not to rain on the lemonade parade nobody again nobody tweet lemons at me or whatever but um <laughs> you know I mean all music videos, or most of them, tend to have imagery borrowed from other elements. Sure, she is. She would far be from the first one if it's if it's the case. So, um, but I don't know. What, what did you think? What are your thoughts on
0: it? I really liked it quite a bit. Um, you know, at times it's impre- expressionistic, and other times it's really uncomfortably intimate in a way. Like I'm just like, I mean, that's the kind of thing I love about the Hurt video, and it's and it's sort of expressed. Um, differently, but at the same time, just through Beyonce's vision with uh, the song Sandcastles and Mark Romanek's, um contribution to that just has, like, her and Jay-Z, um, you know, hanging out in this, you know, vast open space while she plays piano and sings, because, like, um, you know, from what I gather, and I haven't like explored lyrically every line of the record or anything like that, but it's a very personal statement um, uh, about sex, about power, about being a woman, about uh, having a man of that caliber be your husband, and you know, the fact that it would appear that he w- hasn't been faithful to her. And I think like her making this album was sort of her therapy of her coming to terms with that. Um, and visually it's represented in very different ways because you have I think like maybe six or seven directors contributing um, their own vision as and you know like I think as a really cohesive artistic statement that works on the census, I think it's I think it's pretty fully realized like I mean I thought it was just going to be kind of all over the map, and it is to some some degree, but it's also cohesive and she does like little touches like reads poems or has um you know malcolm x dialogue um interspersed throughout but it's interesting to note um kind of like when when kanye was dabbling in r- unexpected influences and sort of had like a producer like john bryan come aboard you know here she's you know, uh collaborating with the yaya yaz um and Jack White and Vampire Weekend and Father John Misty of an animal collective. So it's just like, it is a hodgepodge. I think it's in service of a really revealing, um, again, to use this word, um, ad nauseum, intimate, um, experience based on something that she's struggling with. Uh, and that's probably self esteem and being in the spotlight and, uh you know dealing with the ramifications of infidelity to some degree because I think that's sprinkled throughout here. But um uh, I'm a sucker for a good ballad and Sandcastles directed by Mark Romanic. Uh f- f- surprise, surprise it's my favorite part of uh, Lemonade overall. But it's it's lively, it's diverse, it's got really interesting uh, narrative formation throughout. I think it's something that she might have been born to make, and it's really well done. It's not necessarily something I gravitate towards or would go back to very often, but as it stands, uh, I'm I'm pretty impressed by what she chose to do here. And it's, it's fairly original, even though, like you mentioned, the visual album is nothing new, but I think for Beyonce, it's certainly... Um, something special coming from her. Yeah, no, I just like I like I was saying, I just think it's really well done, and and a really great sort of personal summation of her emotional state. And you know, I think every video reflects that because it definitely has, um, you know, a playfulness like you would find in some of her um, earlier work, but. Then she you know, she sort of goes out of her way to collaborate with somebody like Jack White and gets really fierce and intense and aggressive and like, I'm a woman, hear me roar kind of stuff. And uh, you know, it it swings from like melancholy to rage and and it never like feels too um too all over the map. I think I think it's a, a very compelling piece of uh, storytelling in a very unique way. I mean, obviously, like you said, it's been done before, but coming from her, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's really strong, you know, stuff. Even though um, it's not music I normally would put on regularly in any way, I just, for, as I was watching, I was like, you know what? I think this is actually incredibly well done. I can see why it's getting all the praise that it's getting. Yeah. No, I definitely. I mean, seeing
1: what I saw, it made me want to check out all of it. And um, I usually, you know, I mean, with with most like kind of mainstream pop artists or mainstream artists in general right now, I'm not really terribly intrigued, to be honest, but but no one I saw looked really good. And um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely uh, interested in checking the rest of it out, uh, which is something I never would think I would have said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. About, I mean, not just Beyonce, but in general, like any, I mean, other than Lady Gaga, you know, um, who has done some really, really cool, interesting stuff. Sure. Like, like people love or hate her, but, um, but I think she's done some good stuff. I and, agree. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, no, so, um, so, so go Beyonce and just, I feel bad for any girl named Becky right now <laughs> who has good hair.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this, we could probably go on for another nine hours if we wanted to, but... Um let's we we do have to wrap up. And you know it says that maybe I think people will happily look forward to us having another conversation and uh, we'll definitely do this again and think of more lists and topics to consider or like we, you know you could there's so you could branch out in so many ways like funniest music videos um I mean there's you can go certain eras um you know we'll think we'll think of more ways to cover some of our favorites, you know, we, I, like I mentioned Bjork and so many others, Gary Newman,
1: uh, oh, yes. you know, yes. th- there's
0: just a lot more and I can't wait to talk about it because, um, music videos is kind of a neglected art form. Like, you, like, like you said early on and, you know, as someone who adores equally music and film, um, I, I consider them to be, uh, really vital and still, wonderful to go back and 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 look at just like i like i've said many times throughout our conversation they feel like short films to me
1: oh absolutely yeah i mean to me it's it's only to me it's always felt natural if you love cinema but i mean music videos are extensions of cinema i mean they um and when they're done really really well they are cinema
0: yeah um,
1: so or even yeah, they're not well i mean not all cinema has to be good either so um so yeah i think um People definitely need to um, open their minds and examine uh, examine it
0: as a viable um, art form. Yeah, what's interesting, really quickly too, is the fact that um, a rep cinema here in Chicago, the Music Box Theater, they've been showing the latest Radiohead video directed by Paul Thomas Anderson before a lot of screenings uh, on the big screen. So, I mean, I think that's in of itself that sort of shows. Like I mean, obviously, to have a name like Paul Thomas Anderson helps um, bring people, you know, inter- give it certainly interests people to check that out, especially on the big screen. But um, I hope they do more of that when when music videos that are very notable and you know sort of uh, circulating more than just the internet, like people are actually talking about it. Um, I hope that happens more because. Who wants to see more crappy commercials before a movie? Show some music videos that deserve uh, the spotlight, you
1: know? Oh, God, they're kidding. Yeah, it's like, listen, we don't have enough car commercials yeah. in our life. Let's, let's see something actually really cool. I mean, we get enough of that. I mean, I mean at this point, even going on YouTube, you have to... Deal with ads, so let's, uh-huh. let's, let's make it worth our while. Let's get some music videos back. Yeah, well, back. Not that they ever really played in the theaters. I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, that will be a new trend. I would definitely support
0: it. Me too. Well, Heather, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show. Um, this was so much fun. You you man. You've provided me with a plethora of bands and videos to check out um you you describe them in ways that really get me enthralled and enthused your taste is just so terrific it really is i'm i'm stoked for others to hear this so they'll also be um you know as 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 enthused hopefully as i am to check out all the things that you mentioned and all the bands a lot of great new things to discover here and we'll definitely definitely do this again oh
1: excellent well Jim, thank you so much for having me on it's been a total pleasure and um I think I'm going to call you the most patient man in podcasting. Oh, stop! So, <laughs> so thank you, thank you so much, and um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to to more music video a go go chatting.
0: Yeah, and I, I can certainly see in the future at some point you programming, um, you know, an entire night of music videos to show on the big screen. That would be wonderful. I mean, obviously, you probably have to go the route of digital. Projection and everything Because I'm assuming A lot of music videos Aren't available On film And not a lot of theaters Could show that But I think that would be So much fun to program Right?
1: Oh my god That's a dream Yeah Actually that is Totally on my dream list I would It would be A huge Huge pleasure uh, To do that So um Let's all just cross our fingers and uh, click our heels and hope for something like that in the future. would be amazing.
0: <laughs> well, if people want to follow more of your dreams and pleasures, well, of course, that sounds a little dirty and risque. But, um,
1: <laughs> I don't I th- think they're ready for that haunted
0: castle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's just put it this way. Where can more people find your work if they're interested?
1: Um, well, uh, the main place to go to would be uh, my site, which is uh, mondoheather.com.
0: That's a good place to go. And I plan to do some reading there myself, too. Oh,
1: I hope you like
0: it. (laughs) I'm sure I will. Uh, If it's any indication of the conversation we had, I'm pretty sure I will. And I'm also eager to learn more from people, because that's certainly true of Bill Ackerman's guests thus far on the Supporting Characters podcast. They mention so many things that, uh, that they sell so effectively to me um, that I'm like I, I really need to just have a notebook out for just his podcast alone and for whenever somebody mentions something that I haven't seen or been meaning to see just jot it down um, and you know that, that's certainly true of your episode and all the other episodes he's done um, man yeah he's just he's knocking it out of the park with that podcast and I'm so glad that you were able to be on there and that we could uh, establish a digital friendship here so thanks again
1: Oh, thank you, thank you! And, but yeah, definitely, would, uh, shout out to Bill is uh, very much warranted. It, it is a terrific podcast. It was uh, it was great to be on there, and of course, uh, that tree bore some fruit because here we are.
0: So. Yeah. So let's give a digital hug to Bill, and uh, <laughs> thank you, Bill. and call it a night <laughs> here. So um, yeah, thanks again, Heather, and we'll be in touch.
1: Awesome! Thank you so much, Jen.
0: Okay, take care. Talk to you again. It's all
1: Good stuff. But he—I mean—he even made videos for Hanson. What? (laughs) I'm serious. That's so weird. Diversity.